entertained? Are you not entertained? I want you to hit me as hard as you can. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, dying times here. What's up, Videolanders? I'm Brad. I'm Cousin Wayne. And I'm Josh. Welcome to Versus. Versus is AV's fight club of sorts where we pit two movies against each other and see who comes out the victor. Consider Versus the Thunderdome of movie watching where two movies enter and only one movie leaves. We use Versus to examine and discuss films we've needed to see or haven't seen in a while. We recognize a genre or director's achievements by forming a list of categories. The various category winners are awarded a golden idol and the film with the most golden idols wins. This exercise has helped us understand filmmaking and change the way we watch movies. Tonight's Versus is a spiritual spinoff to our action marathon, episode 186. There was a lot of talk in that episode about the best action film of the 21st century. Raid comes up, Fury Road, John Wick, Kill Bill, Crank. So with that episode in mind, it has inspired us to talk about two action films that were released in 2012. Two movies released that were very similar in regards to plot and location. The Raid, Redemption, and Dread. Dread is based on the comic book character Judge Dread and considered a new cult classic. And Raid is an Indonesian martial arts film and considered in many circles to be one of the best action films of the 21st century. Cousin Wayne, how do these two films stack up against each other? Well, Raid Redemption was released here in the U.S. Uh, March 2012. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes score of 85%. IMDb score is 7.6, uh, directed by Gareth Evans. And uh, uh, Dread, Rotten Tomato scores, uh, 78%. Uh, IMDb, 7.1, and was released in uh, September of 2012 and was directed by Pete Travis. Pete Travis. What else has he done? You don't fucking know? No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I got trivia about the, the fucking movies we're reviewing here. <laughs> <laughs> about Pete Travis. Huh? Nope. <laughs> Fuck Pete. <laughs> All right, well, let's look at some of the scenes that are very similar. Some people always say, man, why are you versing those two movies? I don't think that's the case here. I think it's pretty evident why we are, we are versing these. <laughs> well, most people, but, you know, <laughs> one person on the poll. <laughs> we'll, no. yeah, we'll break down the poll for sure at the end. So let's look at some of the scenes um, that are very similar to each other. Um, both are law enforcement siege movies and take place in a high-rise. Um, in the Raid Redemption, the drug lord Tama goes on a PA system, and raises an army against the SWAT team. All right, and Judge Dredd, um, or Dredd, I should say, the drug lord Mama. Nice. <laughs> Mama and Tama. So do, you, do you see the similarities there? Tama and Mama. Okay. Wow. So, pretty good verses so far. <laughs> There's a couple. <laughs> so Mama goes on the PA system and raises an army against the judges. Um, in the Raid Redemption, um, the stakes are raised when a bunch of gangsters with AKs, AK-47s, fire in, across a light well into a SWAT-occupied floor. Uh, the same scene is in Judge Dredd, a bunch of gangsters with Gatlings, all right? They fire uh, a truly unbelievable number of bullets across a light well <laughs> into the judge-occupied floor, all right? And both have a fight in the drug lord's drug lab. All right, those are just a few. Are there any other similarities that I might have missed? None that I can think of, really. I mean, that's, yeah, I mean, that's pretty spot on. Yeah. You can't get more similar than that. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty If you do, similar. you've got a fucking rip-off. <laughs> <laughs> Which brings me to my question, okay? I want to talk about plagiarism. 
or coincidence. All right. So I've tried to figure out who ripped off who. What do you guys think? Did you guys find anything? I looked all over the place, and what I've come, my answer, it looks like what I've found. It's coincidence. Is, it just depends on what movie you like. <laughs> okay, whatever movie you like was done first. <laughs> yeah, in my opinion. I mean, there, that's too many fucking coincidences. I mean, it just, you know what I mean? So, Mama and Tama? I mean, one or two coincidences. Okay, sure, fine. We got a coincidence. You got that much shit. You, you, you know, just because a movie was made in well, Indonesia, we're going to well, rip that fucking show. Oh, God, it got a U.S. release. I mean, you know? <laughs> let's also look at the fact. Fucking put it out there. <laughs> let's look at the fact that we're talking about law enforcement going after bad guys. What do bad guys do? Oh, break they do the law. bad shit. Yeah. <laughs> Drugs are often a part of that. I they buy both it. happen to have the sky rise setting, which to me is a strong coincidence. When you look into the writing timeline, the <laughs> they started work. Um, uh, damn it, I'm blanking on the writer's name. Um, yeah, is it Alex Garland? Garland. Okay. Garland started writing Dread in 2006, from what I found. He started to really heavily work on it by 2008. When but then that's a whole other question right there, because when you look at concept design, exactly, what was that story like in 2006? Well, I they, thought it was they, in they fucking space. <laughs> because he was trying to directly adapt storylines out of the Dread comic. And he kept trying this and trying that, and it said that he went through several iterations of this and couldn't find what worked for him. Especially and with a $50 million budget. he eventually decided to dial it down. Uh-huh. But it, it sounds like that stuff, they started concept designing and all that stuff for the special effects, city layout, and all that stuff in 2009, two years before the production stuff started happening on um, the very, raid. But you know what, though? Very interesting story. Same story, okay? <laughs> so I guess that, that plot leaked in 2010 for Dread. So I did some research, and what I've come up with is the director for Raid, um, he had a previous Indonesian film in 2009, and he wanted a follow-up, okay? That, yeah, so Raid 2, okay, was going to be his, his follow-up, all right? But it, he wanted a prison Very scene. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So he wanted um, a prison scene, and it, it, the movie just got too big. Well, yeah, he didn't have the funds for he it. He didn't have the funds, so he did the same thing. What was cheap? Okay, so that was in 2009, same time as, um, I think 2010 was when the plot leaked. You say that their plot was uh, starting to be written out, what, 2006? 2006 was when work started on Dread. Trying to pull things from comics. at that point, it was all comic storylines adaptations. 2009 is when they tried to go simple because they couldn't afford probably what was on the the Dread page. What can you afford with $50 million? (laughs) And it started getting concept work ready around 2009. I believe they were even starting some of the... the, special effects uh, staging and all that stuff in 2009. Yeah, and so same thing with this where it just got too expensive for the movie they wanted to make and they wanted to try to make something simpler, smaller, and that's how they, they started outlining uh, Raid and that was in 2009. You know, so... <laughs> I am a strong tight. believer that this is a coincidence type situation. I would believe you with the high rise and certain things, but man... The other things are what Tama get me. and Mama and drug lords and fights in drug lords' um, drug rooms and both have PA systems calling to take out the bad guys. I mean, there's a lot of similarities there, but I couldn't find anything that said... Yeah, I couldn't find anything other, concrete. Other, other than coincidence. So, and I, I firmly believe that's what it is. It's coincidence. And we got two, in my opinion, great movies out of it. Yeah. So I'm willing to accept that. All right. So um, let's see. Let's get into both. Yeah, both released in 2012. Yeah. Ray was the first one out, but that doesn't mean much. It was a million dollar budget off of 
a fifty dollar or fifty million dollar budget for for dread. It looked like a fifty dollar budget. It just sure did. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, a million versus fifty, but um, one thing we know that that means is longer production time. You know, so I I know that's the reason dread came out. And, and when did dread come out? Uh, dread came out in September. Uh, yes. Oh uh, no, yeah, it came yeah, out September. after. It Ray came out, which makes Ray sense. Yeah. You have a million yeah. dollar film with no yeah. uh, special effects. With yeah, Raid was March two thousand twelve, and dread was September two thousand twelve. All right, so let's get into our first award, our first Golden Idol, Best Location. Uh, my Best Location goes to uh, Dread, Peach Trees. I mean, let's okay. face the two main locations are the apartment complexes. So to me, which one was the more interesting one? And I went with Peach Trees. So you went High Rise versus High Rise? Yes. Okay. That, that's, that's just how I saw I mean, yeah, there was a few other locations in the films. The two There's main almost ones, no other way to do it. Exactly. So yeah. I thought, which one do I like more? And it was definitely Peach Trees. Okay. I had the same discussion with myself, which high-rise was better, and I, I eventually went with the high-rise in Raid, and I did that because it was natural. <clears throat> they were actually there on that location. <clears throat> a lot of... I love the shit out of Peachtree's. I think it's a yeah. great location. I think it's a great design concept, the mega structures and all that, <clears throat> but a lot of it was special effects. It wasn't actually there, whereas... The raid high rise. I mean, if you're talking about location scouting, they had some good shit to construct their scenes with. That that particular scene that you had mentioned with the uh, the illumination with the SWAT team on the lower level, yeah. they were waiting to see them. That is a beautiful shot, and the high rise contributed to that shot coming to life. Hmm. So I had to pick the raid high rise because it was real. Yeah, it, you know, it was it was there in construction and design and. God, I wanted to give it to Peach Trees, but I, I had to give it to Raid. Right on. Yeah, um, I went the same thing, and I did High Rise versus High Rise. And uh, when you look, I think there are some practical effects in Dread, but the filming Not of many. that movie didn't do it any justice. You know, I think that uh, some of the uh, the high contrast shots and the the overdoing some of the CG sometimes you couldn't even tell what was practical. I think it took us away from there. I see, I see a lot of CG platforms. I see a lot of hallways. Uh, but at the end of the day, I wanted something that was real, something that was practical, something that looked lived in. Um, and that, at the end oh, of the day... Oh, I think it looked lived in. See, there was... Yeah, I think there was... They did a decent job. The, the, I think they the did a decent job with Peach Trees. Yeah, it says no muties and shit like that. Yeah, I think yeah, they, that they, they did a decent job. Fleshed out the world, might And I was going to look at the cities, okay? And when I looked at the city, I wanted to really break down this location. I didn't really show you much of any of the cities. Exactly. Though. And it was my, it was my, this is one of my favorite um, idols, is the location. So I really wanted to break down the cities and make sure I wanted to go high-rise versus high-rise. And uh, for Mega City 1, I felt like I didn't really learn anything from the, you know, about Judge Dredd or the world. It was just kind of stock <laughs> sci-fi for me. And that's too bad because I just came off of an anime marathon where I get to experience a Neo Tokyo, um, Newport City, and Ghost in the Shell. Um, I'm a huge Blade Runner fan. I get the L.A. setting. So in comparison, Mega City 1, the few minutes that we spent there, it'd be cool to explore maybe in a sequel where we get out of the building and we actually get to see Mega City. But what was there didn't do anything for me. <clears throat> what do you think? I, I, I have to jump in on that. Um, I, I agree with you on the outside shots of the city. The megastructure, the, the shots of like peach trees and um, the, 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 the megastructures themselves, I thought that was beautiful. I thought it was really? great. But when he specifically references in the beginning the megastructures of the new city, the mega highways, and you look at the fucking highways in the shots and they are two or three lanes wide, yeah, that was... bothered me. And I'll um, give you that. But when you get inside of peach trees, 
<clears throat> the things that are written on the walls, the vestibules, the poverty that you see in a post-apocalyptic mm-hmm. setting, 96% unemployment rate in this building. It fucking shows in every yeah. hallway they walk down. And when he walks through the terminals, you're using trackball yeah, mouses you know and yeah. shit. Outdated technology because there's mm-hmm. nothing there to yes. build it, build it up. <clears throat> I thought that they did a great job of capturing all that. You know, the medical yeah. facility, the... I, I think what hurt it, though, was... Even the guard who didn't give a fuck. Yeah. Because yeah. you know he's not getting paid you know shit. You know what I think <laughs> took away from that for me? Is the over-stylized effects. I think that and pulled me out of the location. there was a fantastical gloss to it that ultimate ma- ultimately made me go with Raid as well. And that oh. is because that fantastical gloss carried a little less weight, in my opinion, than the real grit that, that Raid Exactly. Made. That but fantasy... That- that doesn't discredit yeah, peach well, trees at all. Yeah, that over that over stylized because I, I have to live in this location for an hour and a half, and the thing that kept on popping in my, in my mind is standard bubblegum sci-fi, and it was because of the 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 look that they gave this movie, and it really took away from some of the grit of that location. Because I do, I think peach tree is a pretty cool location, and I think it was just the over stylized that took me out as a viewer. Um, but something else went into it as well. Um, I really wanted to break down. Um, these two locations and something I had to put into consideration is the exits. All right. Navigability. Yeah. I'm right there with you. And going through the fucking floors and shit. Yeah. That was straight dog soldiers. Awesome. I I think the high rise in raid creates more tension. You have what blast doors or blast shields and peach tree. What do you have keeping our SWAT team inside of the Indonesian building? A shit ton of concrete. Snipers. (laughs) Snipers. I'll take the snipers over the blast doors any day. I think that creates more tension. So overall, um, real practical loca- location, minimal effects, and environmental stakes. And and <clears throat> I'm, I'm still 100 <laughs> right right there with you. We agree on this. Uh, I, I I feel the need to validate the substance of the world a little more than you maybe, but uh, it as it's something that definitely bothered me when the fucking doors come down and they say, "Oh shit, we're trapped." But there's no gate that came down to block them from going into the atrium. That doesn't make any sense. I mean, when you're talking about locking a building down and you've got uh, gates in the hallways that you have to have oxyacetylene to cut through, why can they still walk freely into the atrium or go into into an apartment and out the windows that are in the hallways in the area? That design didn't make much sense to me. Yeah, I think the high-rise in Raid makes for a better action set piece because of some of the things... Um, like the snipers, and, and it's the, easier the to do that building. though because you're not talking about a sci-fi setting. Yeah, it's a real building, yep. yeah. which makes it easier to. Well, if there's only one way into this room, there's only one way out, and that builds a tension dynamic when you're, uh, you know, fighting with Mad Dog. Jock is fighting yeah, with yeah. Mad Dog in that room. There's nowhere to fucking go. Time to do this. We throw down. Whereas in Dread, the gates are down. They've only got one way they can go, but apparently there's a lot of ways they can go, and they just don't do it. Yep. So I yeah, I'm, I'm with you. All right, and so that takes us to our next one, and that's best character. Uh, again, I went with Dread. Uh, Judge Dread to me, he seemed like such a fascinating character. You know, the only problem I had with him was I didn't get enough of him. Yeah, I don't learn anything about <clears throat> Dread for me. But to me, when he was there, I mean, he didn't really say much or do much, but you just get a sense of presence from him. Like there's so much to him. That's causing him to do these things, so, to have his attitude, yeah. to have his attitude towards him. And you also see a soft side to him. He doesn't say it, but like uh, when the two two kids run in, they're like, oh, we're going to you know, impress Mama or whatever. And he, he could have killed those two. I mean, like that. But he just set his gun to stun, so Tube to speak. cubes or body bags. Exactly. Makes no difference to me. And yeah. he could have put them in body bags. <laughs> but, and then, but to me, in uh, the Raid Redemption, I, I, 
main uh, they were DEA, I believe, a SWAT team. I'm SWAT sorry, team, yeah. I think they were DEA, and, and they were they were uh, you know badass SWAT team. I mean, with the, the you know fighting skills and all this, but they all just seemed the same and seemed to blend in. You know, and I'm gonna I'm gonna say this in a good way, but um, I think action in, in both these movies, okay, gets in way of character development in a good way. Because when I'm watching an action movie, I don't need a lot of character development. I want to see fucking bullets flying. I want to see an action movie. Every time we stop to get some kind of character, and you can do some character, you can show character within action beats, but I think both these movies do a pretty decent job, um, one especially, um, of, of really running with their movie, you know, being an action film. This is so. The reason why I want some character development and uh, action movies is because I want to give a... You know, if I, if I don't care about the characters... Yeah, yeah, sure, it's fine. I still got all the great action scenes and stuff. But do I give a fuck if they live at the end? Mm. Or, or whatever. Bookmark that, but see, because that's going to come up later. <laughs> <laughs> see, I not like Carl Urban, but I don't buy Carl Urban as judge, jury, and executioner. Like, I think he's a little too soft. Like, I I think Dread, Judge Dread, the movie Judge Dread with Stallone sucks completely, right? But I honestly think Stallone, made today wow. with some character... Or, people who understand the character, I think Stallone would embody the fuck out of Dread. He might. I think I'm what not you're talking about down. right there is them giving them a chance to make another movie where we're not mm-hmm. in an isolated tower. The exact reason that Alex Garland went with this design concept was because he said, literally, all of that stuff that I wanted to adapt requires the viewer to know stuff that's happened in the comics. Uh-huh. He didn't have the time or the budget I, yeah. to do that. <clears throat> this movie gave us that introduction you're talking about wanting to see Mega City One. You're talking yeah, about yeah. wanting to see the other judges. Yeah. You're wanting to see the upper hierarchy of and the Hall of that. Justice. And and all that stuff's valid. Um, it doesn't invalidate that movie or the presence of his character or the, yeah. the rendition of the character we get. It's just a cry for more, which everyone wants. Yeah, and I think it invalidates his character though, because again, what I'm asking for more, I don't get I don't know. I think the character was is not on the mythology of the character Judge Dredd is very interesting. I don't think it's on the screen. I don't know if it was on the page. I completely disagree. See, I would like to know some character beats that show me why I should care about Judge Dredd. I'm going to tell you why okay. you shouldn't necessarily <laughs> care about Judge <laughs> I think We don't have to do that. The reason that I also picked Dredd as best character, okay. and the reason for that is because he is representative of a rigidity in the concept of justice that makes him fascinating. And that is the negotiation scene in the beginning. I think that there is character building stuff on there for him, but it's not really building, it's a reveal. There is no building to dread. He is who he is. From the inception of this film, from the very beginning, he is one way. Black, white. Guilty, not guilty. Mm-hmm. Death, or a, a term limit and I in like the ISO that. cubes. I and like it's that awesome. About him. And he says in the beginning, in the beginning, you have that negotiation scene where that he says, I will offer you life in an ISO cube without parole. And the guy says, That's what you're fucking offering me? And he says, Only if you comply. That is awesome. He, he's almost he's like that through the whole movie. Mm-hmm. And it, that is a recurring theme. And if you if you look for it, it's there and it's unchanging. <clears throat> when he's uh in in the uh behind the double-pane glass and, and Anderson sitting in there and the Chief Justice says, who is with me? How, how many other people are with me? One person. There's something behind the mask. She starts to talk about him and it intentionally gets cut off and there's something yeah, else. Yeah, there's, there's something bad happening That's that desire that I want to know what else is behind there. But mm-hmm. but what does she say? Three, three points below passing. So she's a fail. Why is she in a uniform? Easy as that. His concepts are black and white. Pass, 
fail. Do you think Carl Urban was the best for Dread? Oh, I'm not, I can't. I can't definitively yeah. say. I mean, do you like was, Carl Urban? I think he's fantastic. See, yeah, I like. I, I, I want to see him do more. That's the problem. I think it was the, the script didn't allow him to do enough. You know what I mean? It, he, I don't think that the. I don't think it was. Even but Stone his movie. could have done even better. I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't think it was his movie. And, and Alex Garland intentionally wrote Dread to be unchanging because Dread is unchanging. He he doesn't put himself in a position for. For judgment, I mean, it. He knows the definition of right and wrong in the eyes of the law. Yeah, and it is rigid to the letter, the way that it's written. A dread character is hard to get behind for a lot of people, regardless, though, because for that, that reason, that character is very stoic, very, mm-hmm. um, very stout, very, very dull. But that is his character. I'm not going to take points off of that for for Carl Urban's performance. I think that's like that's what Judge Dread is. Well, Carl Urban's you know? performance was based after Clint Eastwood in the. Uh, oh shit. Uh, Dirty Harry series. Gran Torino? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, that, well, I guess that's even what uh, Dredd's character is basically, or partially based on is yeah. Dirty it, Harry. There's no emotion getting in that guy's way. Yeah. But you see that he's doing, I know, he's doing that lip thing, okay, that Stallone does, all right? And I'm not going to stick up for any Judge Dredd, all right? I, think I don't Judge, think that that was because Stallone did Yeah, but it, so but when I, when I, even he's, though. He's acting with his mouth because. That's all he's Bold got. move. <laughs> don't take the helmet off. Yeah, and I don't think he's he, on duty. It does not come off. Yeah, and he has to act with that. You know, he has to that that lip and that lower part of his face has to become a presence. And I just don't think Carl yeah. Urban is distinct enough or has a mean enough grill. I don't know, right? <laughs> to, to really pull it off. Like I think Stallone does. I would love to see a, a rated R hardcore dread movie with Stallone being. Not the Stallone that I we know. I think we throw that Stallone shit right out the really? window and wow. find an... Honestly, if you I think want he could question, do a good job. I'd be well, curious myself. I, I honestly don't know no which one would be better. No, there's, there's no, no, there's no so going back. Yeah, no, there's, there's no, there's no, there's no going, back. going back. I, I, I kind of liked it. I, if I liked, the discussion I is, had we had Alex Garland writing when he did that, would it have worked? The answer is probably yes. I think it would have been amazing. When you're asking me, though, do you think that Carl Urban was perfect for the role... I don't know. I wasn't involved in the casting. There could be other people out there perfectly suited for it because Dread has a fucking jaw on him, right? In yeah. the comics, that jawline is prominent because he never takes that helmet off. Yeah. And it so is, Bruce Campbell could play Dread. <laughs> exactly. But I think Carl Urban did a fantastic job um, with the role. I, I personally thought that everything that he did with Dread was was well served. Um, I think that he had that black and white stark difference between right and wrong, yes and no, through the whole movie. Right down to when he is telling her, all right, a rookie on assessment is likely to be engaged and blah, blah, blah. And he goes, if you lose your gun, it is a fail. If you dole out improper sentencing, it is a fail. He is telling her there is no exception to these rules. Mm -hmm. And that is why I love his character because there is no exception but you get the sense by the time the movie ends that he's found an exception. That even though he wanted to say, well, she failed because she lost her gun, she's still a pass. Did he do that because it was what the Chief Justice expected of him? Or did he do it because he came to terms with failure still being a success? I, I, I firmly believe that he saw in her something good for the Department of Justice. And... Dread doesn't change a lot throughout the movie. You're right about that. But I think that it offers way more than... Uh, I don't. I don't know. Yeah. I, I was disappointed, uh, quite frankly. I um, even when I, I was really looking forward to that moment where he goes, "I am the law," 
And when it did get there, I, I could not give a shit less. I was not... Yeah, it wasn't nearly as emotional as it was, as it could have yeah, been. Yeah, and that's like his, his line. You know, yeah, that's his line. As compared to... Stallone doing yeah. it. No, I'm just saying I, I was looking that forward to... that's even a valid comparison. Yeah, I'm not even going to compare it to that. I mean, that's the only thing I really can't... I know that's his line. I yeah. just know it's his line. And I was expecting... Oh, I can't wait for him to say I am the one. When Stallone did it, I felt like that was a petulant child. No, I am the yeah, law. Yeah. And make no mistake, I'm Whereas not going to stick up... It's a I won't stick up for Judge Dredd at all. I think that's dumpster fire. Um, I do think there's some good things if we would have had a good director and a good screenwriter. You guys um, are making me want to rewatch it. I mean, it's been a while, yeah. but I, I need to get on. I, maybe, we'll I do, did. maybe you don't need to. Maybe oh. we'll do a Judge Dredd versus Dredd. <laughs> all right. So my best character. Um, have you ever looked back at like '80s and '90s movies? And you're like, all the fucking. Well, time. you look at the you look at the henchman back in the day. Like, uh, who was the henchman that was always in? Um, Bloodsport or Van Damme movies. He was in Double Impact. Bolo. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. The, the big dude. You always look at back at the, some of the Chuck Norris movies and they use the same henchman. Uh-huh. And I don't get a celebrate henchman, okay? And I was looking at my best character here and this is probably the first time that a henchman gets my favorite character. And I went with Mad Dog, the unstoppable killer, uh, the drug lord's right-hand man. There's, um, he gets my favorite character moment too where he's fighting Jocka. He has Jocka dead to rights, you know, and he looks at him, he goes, you know, he, he doesn't want to kill with a gun because killing with a gun is boring. Yeah. And he wants a challenge, you know. What else do you want from a hitchman? He has the the physical presence. Um, the dude actually teaches um, in D- Indonesian martial arts, so he knows the stuff. What he's putting on screen is, is an art form. It's beautiful. Like, this guy is really doing this. Um, I just love for a henchman that he actually has rules. He's just not some guy coming in and, mm-hmm. you know, just killing and, oh, I can't wait to kill that guy. At the, at the end of this, I couldn't wait for Rama to have his one-on-one match, you know, yeah. with Mad Dog. Um, so I'm celebrating the, the, Which the henchman. Which he didn't get. Well, he did with his brother. His brother, Rama, and his brother took on Mad Dog. That's at the end. not a one-on-one. Yeah, but I know what I'm saying. I felt <laughs> robbed of. When I first watched this, I wanted that fight. You know, but then I got, I love that fight at the end. Mad Dog, Rama and his brother. Um, but when I was watching this for the first time, not knowing that scene was going to exist, I just knew that Rama was a hero and, or the hero type. And I was like, I can't wait for Rama and Mad Dog to square off, you know? And I, I just love um, Mad Dog. I think he's a great, fun, just interesting character for, for an action movie. You know, it's not something like he's going to win an Academy Award for, but for an action movie, a henchman is so important. Like, when you go fucking watch Bloodsport, when you go watch Double Impact, when you watch Chuck Norris movies, that henchman is fun, it adds flavor, and you need that. And I think this is one of the best henchmen. Man, I can't even tell you the last best henchman, or the last henchman that I really enjoyed on screen. Mad Dog is up there. People responded so so well to uh, Mad Dog that there's fucking memes going around with him on it for, for henchmen and him and Rama. People responded so well to this movie. They fucking cast them in Star Wars as the Kanji clan, you know, so it's Kanji club. So I think, I don't know. I just want to celebrate uh, Mad Dog. I thought he was badass and really brought some energy and kick ass. I'll him. get on to him later in one of my later ones, <laughs> but I'm with you on that. All right. So that takes us to best screen duo. Uh, best screen duo. I gave to raid uh, Rama and Andy. Those two together were just fucking phenomenal. And we were talking about character development just a little bit ago. When I saw those two together, I mean, they just did it so well. They were so believable that they were brothers. The way they talked, the way they fought, it was like they had been brought up together. And time did not stop that bond at all. It was when they got together that I gave a shit that these people are going to make it through. Oh, cool. You know, and to see them together, to, to feed, they go off of each other. 
And it literally is. I mean, it's so believable that they're brothers. I, I had to look it up afterwards. To see if to they see, were? Exactly. And it's kind of surprising that they weren't. So the, easily and by far, they were the best duo. Okay. I went with Dredd and Anderson. Uh, Rama and Andy, what... That's true. All of that's true, but they were barely you went with on the screen. Psych- you went yet. with the psychic? Yeah, absolutely. See, she didn't do shit oh, for me. She, she did was like so horrible. Three things. She was so horrible, man. She was good oh. for about 15 minutes out of that. Oh, my me. God. After I can't that. wait to get into what the fuck's with her. But I'm not going to still be like, so why? <laughs> no, no, no. I, I think that she's the one that had character development. She's the one that went into it timid with a, a mission and a purpose. And she had the growth. And Dread was stoic and stayed the same. And she pivoted around him. And I thought it was a terrific dynamic between the two of them. Um, I'll get into uh, an award later where I comment, comment on that a little further, but I, I thought it was perfect. I have no problem with Olivia Thirlby's, uh performance at all, or her character. Really? So I'm, wow. I'm real interested to see what you're talking about there. Yeah, I think with her, she was she was so... I mean, what did she... She didn't bring anything. I mean, every you look at character development, sure. I mean, fucking BVS has a, a level of, of character development. You look at... Uh, Man of Steel has a character. To, I mean, most movies have a level of character development. We can sit down in a minute and write point A to point B and give anybody a journey and give them character development. But she was so stock in this. I mean, yeah, she was, you know, she played this psychic who came in who, when she when she was psychic, you can't give someone powers like, like her and then be so loose with them. And not like, do anything, really. She, she uses her powers once to make a guy piss himself. And then later, when the Dave Chappelle lookalike grabs, <laughs> grabs her, takes her hostage, right. she doesn't use her psychic abilities again. And Thank, I'm like, yeah. use your fucking abilities. Or give me a... Make give this me, guy shit give, himself. Give know? me the rule where I can't do my psychic ability because of this again. Or um, here's my movie rule for my psychic ability. Mm-hmm. He has a gun to her head. And obviously he knows that the, the gun has a security on it. It's going to blow. But there's moments where she could have escaped in the elevator or escaped from him if she just played the fucking mind trick. Is it only when you look into their eyes? Do you have to look into those? Is it by touch? They were so loose with the movie rules that I didn't know what she could do or what she couldn't do. I disagree. When he's holding her in the elevator, he's got a gun to her head. And if he gets the sense that she's in his mind and she doesn't do that right, all he's got to do is pull the trigger. And also, she's under duress. And well, that's the time you'd want to do it the most. Yeah, but <laughs> but when you're talking about your mind being your weapon, how much are you actually capable of when you're under duress? How many mind tricks could she have pulled in Peach Tree? Who knows? We don't know the extent of her power. Exactly. I don't really know shit about her. But I don't think you need to. I think that it's it, it is a backseat concept. She's there on assessment because she's a powerful psychic and they want to see what she can do. And she is not abusing that power, in my opinion. Okay. Um, she couldn't come off more B or uninteresting for me. I was not attached to her. I could give two shits yeah. about her. See, so you felt the same? And, I did. I, I, have to, did. I have to go ahead and comment on one of my awards for later then. Uh, there, there, there are two moments in the film that I found completely believable. And I felt the transition to the character. And that's when they first walk up to the drug den. And he looks at her and he says, are you ready? You don't look ready. I feel like she did not look ready. She didn't feel ready. The whole thing. And you could see her discomfort visually on screen. And then he asks her, you know, I was wondering how long I was going to take you to realize you forgot your helmet. Well, it interferes with my abilities. I think a bullet might interfere more. Later, after they've been through the shit, she got captured. They both break free. He says to her, are you ready? And she says, yeah. He says, you look ready. I felt that 
character development in that moment. I, I didn't know that I had gone on that journey with them, but I legitimately felt th that transition from that earlier moment to the later one. So I went with those two as a duo because I felt that transition. Really? And I agree with you that those two felt, if it, it was a very natural yeah, moment, exactly. but they were on <clears throat> screen for maybe 20 minutes together. I had an entire yeah. movie with. Well, Anderson you know what? I mean, that goes back to Drake. your Alien. You know, when we did Alien and Aliens, your best duo, I believe, was um, what were their names? The characters that ran the, the engine together, which they're not on screen that much, but it's something you you enjoyed and that you connected with. So it doesn't, I don't think it takes a lot of. Uh, you don't have to have a lot of screen time as long as you connect with them and they bring something special to that movie. Um, for me, my best screen duo doesn't do that either. Like it's a few minutes. I mean, it's kind of connected throughout <laughs> the whole movie, but it's literally. Probably, we talk about minutes, okay? Even though it's throughout the whole movie. Give you some background on this. Best screen duo this, this time. This is going to be a good fucking answer, isn't it? <laughs> so best screen duo, going back to the anime marathon, all right? Um, I told my friend Ryan Smith, I was like, you know what? I like uh, Kanita and his, and his bike, Okay, it was something that, that's the only thing I think of when I come off of a cure. Well, first thing I think of is you see the poster, he's walking to his bike, you see images. You even talked about when you were in here earlier that that uh, that bike um, slide that he does, right? And I was like, man, I think I'm going to go best duo, uh, Kanita and uh, his bike. And he's like, oh, dude, if you do that, he goes, fuck you, man. You can't, you can't come up with something better than that. And I was already giving 13 golden idols, right, to Akira. So I was like, fuck. I still win Akira. And I think it's probably better for it's more in depth, but it was, it's um, uh, Kanita and Tetsuo together. That was my my duo. So this time I'm not going to go with any fucking peer pressure. <laughs> okay, <laughs> this time I'm going to go with what I liked. Okay, and I thought this was a, a pretty harsh one anyway. I didn't. There wasn't anything that I connected with really for duos in raid. I could have probably went Jaka and uh, Mad Dog, but again, that's just a, a really good fight. Uh, but my best screen duo, I'm going to give to Dread. Okay, and that is uh, Dread and his Lawgiver. All right, like I really like this voice-activated gun that has different kinds of uh, ammunition, and you can't have a Lawgiver without a judge, right? Am I right? Yeah. You're gonna get your fucking head blown off. <laughs> Only a judge can have a Lawgiver, and I love, I like the gun. I like that combo of a judge and his gun. You know, I thought it was pretty cool. So that's mine. Well, that's great. Let's go on to the next one. <laughs> I, I, I just I just thought of another moment that I, I need to throw out there, and that's when they're in the hallway, and he looks at her, and it's a character development moment, development moment for them because you realize that dread is very impersonal, and he says to her, "If I don't come back, you might want to think about not being taken alive." You know that that's a really he's obviously saying it for a good reason, but he's very impersonal about it. By the end of the movie, I feel like a lot of that's washed away. <clears throat> because when she gets shot, when they're walking up there in uh, Mama's room, you see the look on his face. He's fucking pissed that his partner just got shot. <clears throat> and there's just a lot of little plugs like that that I thought were terrific. I see, the one point I want to argue on that, I'll like go ahead and give one of my uh, runner-up for What the Fuck right. Awards. Uh, oh, that's fucking uh, great. Yeah. That is at the end of that, well, thank right? because Wayne laughed at it. <laughs> I'm feeling better now. <laughs> You know, even though he said, well, she passed, she just handed her badge in and walked away and he fucking let her. You know, to me, he, he couldn't give two shits less whether this bitch makes a fuck about her not. I, I, I have to disagree completely. That's well, you conflict. passed, but you walked off, dumbass. That's conflict you know? because he just went through some serious shit with her, but she still failed. And now he has to question his belief that a fail is a fail no matter how you spin it. Yeah, One but he said it pretty quick when she asked him. It was a pass or fail. Pass. 
you know, know he didn't really think about it. You know what, too, and this will probably I'll probably get into this a little bit more later. Not much, but I think it's a if good. You could have seen into his eyes. You'd think differently. <laughs> you know, there, probably not. <laughs> there's a few um, comparisons you can just make um, that. Just on the aesthetic, you know, a, a male and a female law enforcement. Um, he has a, he has a, a a larger suit on, you know. He has gear on. Um, there's there's moments when I thought back to RoboCop, okay. And I honestly think that instead of this becoming so bubblegum sci-fi, I think they missed a huge opportunity to really with this dystopian world they lived in. I would have loved for this to pay homage to RoboCop. I can't remember the last time a movie paid respect to that. You always see movies paying respect to other genre movies. Man, we have, when was the last time we had a good social commentary, a fun social commentary? Paul Verhoeven's the last guy who really nailed it with Starship Troopers, Total Recall, RoboCop. I need another Paul Verhoeven director. I think a Paul Verhoeven or someone like him coming in and, Doesn't and giving. Doesn't Dread predate RoboCop though? I have no the idea. The story around. started in the. 70s, but that's what I'm saying. I mean, oh, really? I think, it, yeah, probably, I think yeah. it's a missed opportunity to do something fresh and exciting with it because even though it started in the 70s, you can't tell. Off of page to screen. I mean, yeah, they get the bike right. I think they get the lawgiver right. They get they get what they needed right in, a, in appearance. But for just a simple story, they could have done a lot with that. I think they could have really um, pushed this forward. Or I think it would have been a good progressive thing to do to to put some fun social satire in there. I think this would have just gone up a level instead. There's not. There's, you don't think that there's no, social satire. There, I mean, okay, go watch You're Total Recall, about, Starship Troopers, and RoboCop, and then come back and say there's social that's satire more here. Pointed. This is. You're looking at societal decay. You're looking at... Uh, what dystopian future doesn't do that, though? You fucking watch well, District I mean, 9 or Dawn of the Dead, and you get fucking social commentary. I want some fun commentary. Something to give me to chew on. That's what I was missing from Dread. A lot. I just thought it was your standard sci-fi. Yeah, Paul Verham does put a lot well, more personality in the movies. Personality. I felt like Dread was missing a lot of personality. It just seemed like that, that late night movie, if you have some pizza and a beer and you want to watch after work in third shift. You know, that's the, the feel I got. See, I, I pull a lot from Dredd's character because of his uh, just steadfastness to the law, and I don't think that that functions. I don't think that that's a, a valid way to do things because <clears throat> rules change, everything shifts. He refuses to change. If a law changes, it's not because of Dredd. <clears throat> you watch this. I mean, I think that that's all a very valid discussion about society and our expectations and <clears throat> honestly how we revolt against it. He embodies all of that while standing yeah. firmly against it. This episode here actually kind Plus of... Plus you look at poverty that's just riddled throughout that the, the movie. 96% yeah. uh, unemployment rate in the building. How do they survive? They it's sell drugs. <laughs> yeah, I mean... I mean, yeah, you, I mean, you have social commentary in one of the Neil uh, Blomkamp's uh, movies that most people don't like, and that is um, Elysium. There's social commentary all through. I think any dystopian future opens itself up to a conversation about that. I think, yeah, because you're talking about the skeleton. But the ones that we remember, you know, RoboCop, Starship Troopers, you know, Total Recall, I think there's a lot going on there. Here, yeah, I think it's on the surface because of this dystopian future, but nothing else I could really hang my hat on. So that was me. Um, what about, that takes us to Best Villain. Uh, everything you said about Mad Dog, uh -huh. I apply that to my best villain oh, award cool. in Raid Redemption. That guy, to put it simply, in a, you know, what is a great villain? Evil and a bad motherfucker. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and Mad Dog just, he goes above and beyond the requirements that I have for that. Uh -huh. You know, I mean, just that sense of even, he wants to kill by hand. By hand. He, he can blow his brains off from across the room, no uh -huh. sweat, no mess. Easy done. He has them dead to rights in the he fucking He does, hallway. but he wants to feel that shit. You yeah. can tell. He's got something. Pulling triggers like order and take out. Yeah. <laughs> Bingo. Yeah. And he, he wants to 
feel this man die with his hands. He even takes a sweet time snapping his neck because yeah. he just gets off on he this. He wants that challenge, and killing exactly. shouldn't be easy. It shouldn't be like takeout, you know? It should be personal, and he gets into that moment. And the way he fights, like we said, he was a martial arts instructor. And yeah, he, yeah. You can fucking tell. Oh, yeah, he's got moves. This guy yeah. is top-notch, and... Just awesome. And most importantly, though, he has a villain look. Like he does. He, he will be remembered for people who watch um, these movies, like Raid. Some young kid will watch this in twenty years, being like, "Man, I wish this guy was in more martial arts flicks." Yeah, you know, he should be in the Rock movies and, and Vin Diesel movies, just as the bad guy in the background. Like you had Bolo for for Van Damme. I think that's his name. I could be completely missing it, but Bolo, the, the big dude in Bloodsport and Double Impact. Uh, if I was going to fight this guy, and I, d- I didn't know anything about him, just just looking at him, I'd be like. I am fucked here. <laughs> you know what I and mean? he's a small guy. He is, but he just has that presence. look. Yeah, he is. And he's just that look like, I'm going to rip your heart out and shove it up your ass yeah. before you even know what happened. And it, he had <laughs> such a, a presence. Um, fans called him back. I don't think it worked as, uh, in Raid 2. I don't know if you guys have watched Raid I, 2. I want to. I yeah, right. I think Raid blows Raid 2 out of the water. Um, Raid 2 is something I'll watch if I have time, you know. But um, they bring him back in Raid 2 as a different character, okay, which is kind of confusing and kind of weird, yeah. They did that shit in the 80s, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it is, it's a fun action thing to do, you know, but it's, he doesn't do anything like he did in Raid. But, I mean, that's, there was such a, a um, an outpouring of love for Mad Dog yeah. that they like, fuck it, we gotta bring him back even though he's fucking dead in Raid. Like, he said he's, he's evil as fuck and he's a bad motherfucker. Yeah, he's I a mean, that's just... A, yeah, fantastic villain, I thought. Yeah, it's fun. Is that your vote as well? Uh, no, I went with someone different. Okay. Uh, there were only three real choices uh, that I could discern, and that is Tama, Mama, and Mad Dog. Right? <laughs> Say Tama, Mama. Dude. Coincidences! Plagiarism <laughs> <laughs> or coincidence? I don't know. And Astro-fucking-onical. <laughs> I agree a lot with what you said about Mad Dog, um, but... I also felt like Mad Dog was a really just standard uh, henchman character. I mean, he was angry. He had standard that visceral. Yeah, <laughs> I, I do. He was above it. No, he's the, no, he's the, and, there's and, difference between standard and gold in. standard. No, <laughs> who do you want for your henchman? You know what I'm what saying? What do you want him to look like? What do you want him to look like? <laughs> Who's asked you wanting to kick? So, so here's here's my real uh, what what it comes down to with with Raid is it is a great choreographed martial arts movie. There's not a fucking lot else going on oh. in this movie. And that's uh, what I want. I want a fucking I action movie from beginning to end. I completely disagree. What do you want that? from an action? I think that's a valid point, though. What do you well, want? We from sit here. Movie? We talk about the character building that takes place in John McClane, him not having shoes, and what that does to him. You see his degradation, the deterioration, oh. his his need to fight to to save his his wife. You know, you have a lot of stuff there to latch onto. But that does not make it a bad action movie because there's oh. substance no, and no, depth true, of character. True. So it really comes down to what you're wanting out of it. And I got a fucking hell of a ride watching all that martial arts stuff. But as I'm sitting there watching Mad Dog fight these two guys, I'm faced with the same problem I run into with every choreographed martial arts movie. And that is, why the fuck don't you guys just both regroup on the other side of the room and rush that motherfucker at the same time? Instead of getting hit, bumped into a corner, camera now looks at these two guys fighting, and then... He gets knocked out. The other guys, now he's ready to go. And we just do this back and forth thing that justifies one guy fighting against two. And that really got under my skin. I saw a bunch of punches that were thrown and kicks that didn't fully make contact. And it didn't land home with me. So Mad Dog deteriorated for me for that reason. And when I looked at Tama, the guy had the really awesome scene where he he says, show me your hands. That was fucking awesome. 
And he said, you really did waste my fucking time. <laughs> and that was a great moment, but I got that one moment out of him. And I went with Mama oh, because, uh, yeah, I know, I knew that was going to be uh, <laughs> ill-received. I'm, I'm, yeah. <laughs> I went with Mama because, not necessarily what was displayed on screen, but the, the history, the legacy of her. She was an ex-prostitute. She feminized the guy with her teeth and took over his enterprise. <clears throat> I, I get the sense of what she was able to do by destroying the other clans that were present in peach trees, taking it over. We don't get a judge up in, in here very often. And she says we were due for a bust. I, I get the feel that she's been through the business, and I got the business side of it. Tama was just renting out rooms to people, and he's basically hanging out. I, I assume he's a big deal drug lord. People are afraid of him. But what's he doing? What's he really doing? There's a drug lab in there, but you don't see him do anything him personally she fucking tells him to skin guys and throw them over the side which i thought was awesome <clears throat> the, there were a couple moments where she underacted and i'll give you that um. <clears throat> but she offered me more than the other two combined because one was just a fighter who had some grit to him and i, I loved that line killing's too easy it's like order and take out but there was nothing else there for me see mama i felt like she just got lucky somehow and all she was was just People were afraid of her based on urban legend. Like when they first, you know, and you said, may be right. You when may they first, right. yeah, when they first said these things about her, and then I saw her in a few scenes. I'm like, if I were to hear that and then yeah. be with this chick for ten minutes, I would have called bullshit on them stories. Yeah. You no, know, yeah. she just seems so drugged out. And and when things but did that, happen, that, it was because people suggested it. Oh, do you want me to kill Swamo? Yeah. Do you, do you want me to skin him alive? Yeah, my big. You know, she was high when they did. Yeah. She was high. Hit slow mo first. No. Sure, she's looking out the window because she just fucking hit slow mo herself. Well, I think so she'd be high. like that even if she was stone sober. <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, it came down to Tama or, or Mama for me, and you know, you look at the. <coughs> I think I'm, I'm going to do a podcast soon that um, this episode here is actually kind of influenced and it's storytelling versus essence. I think actually I might just have you guys on for that since you guys do the verses. Um, but what I want to do is I think there's more storytelling um, on the page for Mama, okay? Mm -hmm. But essence I think is in Tama, okay? And I think there's more to his character. Well, not, there's more to her character on page, but I have more fun with his character on screen even though there's not as much there. Um, at the beginning, they set up both scenes to show you how badass these villains are, right? She what, has the people skinned alive, throws them off the edge in, in slow-mo, right? Mm -hmm. She doesn't even do that shit herself. She doesn't throw exactly. them over the edge. She gets some people to do her fucking dirty work. Fucking Tama comes in, shoots fucking, like, what, four guys in the head? Yeah, he puts a gun on the shoulder. Okay? I'll be right back. <laughs> yeah, I'll be right back. Goes and gets a fucking hammer, okay? This guy is capable of anything, you know? At the end of the movie, I didn't get to see much, but I was not impressed with Mama at all. Everything she was was word of mouth. Yeah, if this scene yeah. at least set up like this guy could do anything... <laughs> When it comes to what is her name, Lena Hetty, is that what her name is? Yeah. Lena Hetty, it, it's very. Lena Hetty is good in Game of Thrones. Yeah, exactly. She's a one. She is a one trick pony. I was completely. And, I love her in Game of Thrones. She found her one role. I don't know if I'm. You know, hey, I've been. I've been tricked before. But yeah. in this, she is so bad. Yeah, and she was. I cannot remember the name. She was in a horror movie I watched. I can't remember the name of it. It was god awful. Played the exact same fucking character. When Game of Thrones is over, her career is over. Yeah, so we're talking there's about no storytelling, <laughs> storytelling and essence of character. I yeah, there's more on on page for her and probably yeah. more details in movie. But, what but I'm I have to enjoy the fucking. I have to enjoy the villain. I enjoyed uh, the little that I got of Tama. The essence that I got, I enjoyed more of that than I did the the stock villain that I got with Mama. See, I wouldn't call her stock at all. Yeah. 
you're right that the beginning she doesn't do the dirty work for her kill, but she does halfway through the movie when she grabs that fucking gun and she is ready to kill the shit out of Dread. She grabs the gun and she shoots across into that other quadrant herself. She wants him dead. And another thing that I felt was important to point out, the design. You you talk about it being uh, very stock, very standard for you. I didn't get that at all, especially in the end of the movie when she's up there and she putting that she's putting that thing on her wrist. If you just sit there and look at the makeup that was done on her hands, her hands are fucking calloused and dirty and broken. I see history there in the work that she's done to get there. She's at the top now. She doesn't have to do the dirty work herself. When you look at just her build, you can see the history of her rise well, if, yeah. to the top of that tower. 200 floors that she took out. I think that there's a lot of weight there. And if you want to bring that up, then I'd have to go back and bring up Tama. Yeah, I mean, look at Tama. Sandwich. No, he looks he looks him, he looks fucking greasy. He looks fucking <laughs> dirty. The way that he walks, the way that he talks, he looks like there's history there too. I don't know much about him, but he's been in in charge of this slum rise for some time. You can tell, like this. this well, they even said they they've, uh, they've been wanting him for years. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So there, there's definitely history in just appearance. I think they do just as good of a job, if not better, in just. The grittiness of the world in raid. I can honestly say that uh, it it it's close. I thought both of this it's was close yeah. between the two. Of I them. thought both of them were thin. I thought both of them were thin to begin with. But if I had to choose one, which I have, I just to, don't know what I'm Tama. Go with Tama. Does. Honestly, this I don't was know about this was almost a, a tie for me. Um, and I overall, I think that that beginning scene, <clears> setting two villains up, I really think that there's uh, he comes off more intimidating. I think he comes off more. Um, more in control, and there's uh, there's something about just being Indonesian <laughs> that scares the fuck out of me as a viewer. So hey, I think there's a little bit of more menace there, maybe because I'm a fucking a white boy in Lafayette, Indiana. <laughs> but <laughs> I can get behind his Indonesian ways. Those Indonesians scare the fuck out of me. <laughs> All right, that takes us to best hero. Uh, again, for me, this was a kind of an easy one. Surprise! It was uh, Judge Dredd from Dredd. Uh, again, on the whole uh, no emotion type deal, this guy just does his job and kicks ass. You know, with uh, Rama, I, I felt like there was some emotional ties. He was letting that get away. And even at the end of the movie, you know, they're watching out for each other. Not much of a hero. He's going to let, you know, a drug dealer get away. Understandably, it's his brother. Dread, not so much there. He does his job. He is a hero. He's, you know, tight ass. Kind of rough, but... At the end of the day, he's a better hero. Okay. So, for that exact reason, I couldn't pick Dread because I don't think. Well, goddamn, Josh. <laughs> I don't think Dread is a hero because I think that he goes against everything that we morally try to be, and that's that that rigidity, that steadfast, not gonna break, black and white. I went with Rama because he has that emotion. Because he is literally out there risking his life to do good. Dread's out there to dispense justice. And justice is sometimes really fucking ugly. That doesn't feel heroic to me. Rama, it, it, it start, he, mean, he knows where he's going. He knows his brother's there. He says it's been painful to see his brother's picture put up. He knows what he's in for, but he's still going to do it. Because he believes in family he believes in loyalty, he believes in love, and he also believes in right and wrong. <clears throat> they, they're sitting there in that van, and they're talking about, you guys know who we're going after, and it's going to be difficult. You know, They're having that conversation, let's go make this city a better place. 
was I think the last thing they were that they said yeah. before they got out. That's fucking heroic. <clears throat> even even for all of them. I mean, I put all of them in that basket, but Rama was the one that embodied that, that that personalized that for me. And when he realizes that all is lost, he never breaks the the guy that was a complete asshole, you know, getting into the building the whole time, carries him all the way to to safety, hides him in the fucking wall, and then leaves him uh, somewhere safe. He never stopped. He never stopped pushing for getting them out and still getting the job done. <clears throat> Dread, because he's so impersonal, didn't embody that for me. So I went with Rama. See, I think you have to be that way. Because at times I felt like he was at in times this I think you do. J- just for his brother. You know what I mean? That's why Rama... And, See, I didn't get, and, I didn't get and, that and sense. And he wanted to get that, back to his wife who was pregnant. Yeah. And I, I didn't get that sense. Um, I, I'm, I feel like... Through the whole movie, he still represented his desire to accomplish his goal, which was to find his brother, which he did, and realized that was kind of a, a dead end. He's not he's not going to come back. Yeah. But he still got the job done, and I I think that to me spoke volumes. So I went with Rama. All right, I think uh, Rama and Dread were pretty equal for me. Um, so I you just uh, talked about him briefly. I went with the tenant. Of room 726. All right? <laughs> this dude is the law-abiding tenant who just, who's delivering medicine to his sick wife at the beginning of the movie. And somehow maintains residency well, in a this. building where criminals are renting room. I don't know why he's there. I don't know what he's doing. But he, he, out of fears, but I think he... Probably, <laughs> but out of fear, okay? He knows what these people are cap- capable of. And when Rama comes knocking on his door, he should be scared shitless to let them in. He brings them in, gives them sanctuary, you know, just an ordinary guy, and he's taking care of His wife is like, don't let these people in, you know? We don't know what's wrong with his wife, it's cancer or what it is, but his wife is like, you know, no, 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 get, get him away, you know? Because she knows what these fucking machete gang is capable See, of. I, he hides them in the fucking walls, right? And then, yeah, that was a joke right there, too. They, they didn't notice that side of the wall that opened like a fucking door. <laughs> there's probably a lot of shit hiding there. I love that scene, though. That scene's fucking badass where that knife comes oh, in, yeah, that was scars good. him, and it just shows a great character beat right there. Where he's fucking Rama's like, smart. Mm, he grabs mm, that, takes the blood off that blade because yeah. he knows it's going to drip on the that floor. Was great. Cool. But anyway, this tenant scared for his life, right? Gives them sanctuary, and by doing that, okay, ultimately takes down fucking Mad Dog and Tama at the end of the movie, because if, if it was, wasn't for him, our heroes would be dead in the fucking hallway. You know? And it ultimately brings probably justice, hopefully, to this high-rise. So I think uh, with the tenant of 726 becoming that hero really gave our heroes a chance. So that's where I went. Um, what about, what does that take us? Best, best kill. Best kill. Ah, this, 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 this was should be a good. bitch for me. I suspect we all have the same answer. Oh, maybe not. This was, because there was, I, you know, I'm not going <laughs> to say which movie I liked best by any means, but both movies had some excellent uh, fucking yeah, kills in them. They did. Yeah, they did. And in the end, I just went with the mega kill. The minigun massacre in Peach Trees. Really? <clears throat> I mean, just not giving off. Trying to kill the two judges, but just... Wiping everybody out, blowing holes through shit. He said it. He said it. You massacred an entire quadrant. He did that, just to take out and two that's, judges. And that exactly. To me, me that's an ultimate fucking kill. I mean, that bitch don't care. The that contributes don't to my, care. my my belief in the villainy of Mama. She's a uh, fucking monster. But okay, but so that scene, I just have problems with because that same scene is done in Raid and in Dread. Okay, 
AK-47s versus Gatling guns, you know, shooting AK-47s across the line. AK-47s are cool, but you give no, 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 these yeah, laser-shooting sure. Gatling guns, man. Okay, <laughs> laser, that's my problem. Yeah, I know. This, <laughs> you know in this, Let me suspend that uh, bridge of disbelief. In this real-world environment in Raid, AK-47s, when they're having that crossfire, um, you actually get people uh, on the SWAT team who die. Not our main heroes, but people are getting kind of shot up. The Gatling... Mm-hmm. Uh, no, actually, some of our heroes that are on that SWAT team get killed. Um, the Gatling guns kills fucking everything, but it's like Dread and the the Psychic have like a halo, like a, a light shining from heaven. And over I think them. that was part of the movie because I mean they are superheroes, you know. That and given the fact there's only two of them, you take they're one fucking out. Superheroes? <laughs> they're in from a comic book, but they're not well, superheroes. <laughs> I'm sorry, comic book yeah, heroes. I was my fucking like, bad. Dread was like it was like that scene from Pulp Fiction. You know where he's not the die. bullets just go around. In the wall, he's like, man, I'm touched by God, pretty much. You know, it's like, <laughs> Dread has a blessing over his life because he did not get hit. Well, you know he's not going to die. I could have told you that from the fucking beginning of that movie. He is a comic no, book fuck icon. Yeah. yeah. So, I, I had to go with that minigun massacre. It was just, well, it says it all, minigun massacre. It was just fucking awesome yeah. and brutal. I loved it. There was only one answer here. <laughs> um, I thought about it so briefly. <laughs> well, fuck and I knew the answer, and then I was like, "Well, wait a minute, maybe it was this one." No, that's definitely fucking that one. That was how I responded to Ninja Scroll. Like I was telling you, like there was only one, and I knew it was the kill. I'm gonna give you my runner-up first because I thought it was fucking bitching. I, I just loved the the practical way that it came together, and that was those guys getting skinned and thrown over the balcony in the atrium when they fucking hit the ground. I felt the plop. Yeah, when it that hit. was a good effect, you too. Saw the, yeah, it you good. saw the backs of them just flatten and spread yeah. out, mm-hmm. and then later when they pulled that uh, <clears throat> sheet back, you saw the guy's fucking brains just all you You get the, the, the sense of the impact as yeah. it sprays off and the And they were in slow-mo, right? Yeah, from they their, were in slow-mo on the way down. From their that, perspective, that's pretty brutal. That was an excellent That'd be my runner-up as well. But, the best kill in, in all of these was a holy shit moment for me, and that's just, it, it, everything about it was perfect. The beat, the, the, the sound, everything. When Rama's fighting that fucking guy, grabs him and jumps back into the door frame, right through the throat. That was beautiful. That, that was a runner-up for me. That oh, was, man. Oh. That's the only way to go. That's one of my favorite kills of all time. <laughs> because he stops. And, and when it happens, it's like a pause in the fight. You got this long chain of just unbelievable what? combat, martial arts action. And then he hits the ground, and it's just the, this, this moment where he's like, Taking it well, all it's, in. It's beautiful. This guy's not that moving. Was, that was good. Back up, regroup. But again, it shows... It's my favorite kill, too. Um, out of all the kills, there's nothing for me. I mean, this one my favorite kill out of the entire fucking action marathon, okay? <laughs> Raid Ray out of, like... Because it was going against Die Hard. Die Hard, ultimately... I mean, it's a fucking Pantheon film. It made Pantheon. You can imagine how many awards it took, right? It took a lot of my Golden Idols. Raid only took, like, I think, two or three for me because Die Hard outshined everything so much um but raid when when it hit that action scene it was so fucking hardcore and what's great about it is it shows again rama's smart okay the way that he fights again that knife goes through the door he takes off the blood okay because he knows the uh there's gonna be consequences for for that blood and this let's go back to the setup he's fighting just another gang member right throws him through the door all right that causes the splinter and the door frame, okay? And then he goes back starting to fight the other one. He knows that the door is broken, okay? Because then he grabs the... the I'm going to disagree with he you. He grabs there. the... No, it's so strategic. And, Indo- like, I'm going to get later into this. Indonesian fighting is about um, strategic um, blows and making sure you know your environment. It's called uh, pakat Salat or something like that. But it's it, that's how Indonesians fight, okay? It's a, it's a, it's a method. And... 
And so he grabs the guy, he, he throws one guy through the door, grabs the other guy, takes him by the head, jumps backwards into the door frame, okay? Like, he knew there was a door there, obviously, to jump back, and he didn't jump into a hallway. He knew where he was going and slammed that dude's throat right through the fucking wood. And so I'm going to say that the jump was strategic, mm-hmm. but I think that the kill yeah. on the door itself was unintentional. And I say that because the justification is that he paused. The movie paused for a moment to, for him to take in the fact that's how it worked out. I, I It's possible it could have gone either way. It, it, maybe he is that strategic, and if that's what you take away from the character, that's great. I honestly feel like he didn't intend to do that, oh. and that's why the movie itself... Just I'm with you on that. It's, it's a beautiful kill. Yeah, yeah. I'm right there with well, you. But, so, I, but look I, at look Josh. at go watch the because I've seen Raid fucking twenty times. Go look at all this fighting. Like there's that scene where he's nailing the guy in the face. He jumped down the, the body we get down there. here, grabs him by the face, and throws him through the wall. You know, mm-hmm. like there's so many strategic beats from. I mean, you look at Rama, uh, man. Rama is so smart. Like you look at Je- Judge Dredd. I gave Dredd and his lawgiver. You know, my best duo. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to take anything away from the gun. I love the gun. But, you know, when Dredd wants to explo- make someone explode, he just says, you know, fucking... IX. Yeah, and then he <laughs> shoots the fucking... That, that, uh, the bomb, right? Uh, shoots his lawgiver. When Rama wants to fucking create an explosion, he takes an IED, he takes a fucking propane <laughs> tank, he takes a fucking refrigerator, and he makes a goddamn bomb. Like, he's always thinking, you know? And uh, No, yeah, and I, I love that he, about yeah, the characters. Yeah. Uh, if yeah. he is or if he... changing that. If he is or if he isn't in this scene, who gives a shit? It was a it's fucking, about what you take away it's from a that fu- moment. It's a yeah. fucking badass kill. Because you're right. It the was. door was broken. He knew he could jump back through it. It does represent the awareness of his surroundings. <clears throat> the only thing that's in question in this moment is whether or not he knew that was coming or if that was a surprise, well, that worked out well. <clears throat> I feel like it was a that worked out well. But I also, I don't I don't really feel like he's a, he's a murderer. He's a defensive fighter. Well. I, I I don't know. I but don't, that that comes that comes believe. yeah. But that comes down to Indonesian martial arts, which I'll get into later. But Indonesian martial arts is about vital blows. You don't got time to fuck around. You got to take your opponent, take him out as quick as you can, and move on to the next one, which he does multiple times. Well, yeah, he know, had to have to survive. I mean, they were just coming yeah. out left and fucking. Well, I've right. always said that the raid is like like a survival horror movie. You you replace the gang members with zombies or with fucking werewolves, like you do in Dog Soldiers, yeah. and you got the same fucking thing. Like you're there, you got to survive to get back to your wife to your job, and Raman will do anything to do that. You know, it's Survival Horror 101. And, uh, but to quote Blazing Saddles, never mind that shit. It was a great, it was a great action. <laughs> <Yeah. scene. laughs> we agree on the kill. Yeah, we agree on the kill. We disagree all, maybe on Yeah, it don't even fucking matter. That kill is badass. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so that takes us to what? Oh yeah, I want to do give a couple shout outs. Um, Mad Dog killing Jaka in that prolonged fight. I just like the idea behind that because it could have just went from action scene to action scene to action scene. But I love that small part there where it's after Machete Gang, everything's kind of gone to shit, and he has that gun. He's like, no, no, we're going to go into this, this quiet room, done. and we're going to do this. I'm like, it's such a sweet moment um, in an action movie. And then, um, I know you disagree, but I really like the Mad Dog three-way. Um, it probably would have been cooler to have Rama have his one-on-one victory, but there's just something about this prolonged three-way fight. It was a character-building moment. Yeah, to it's just a fun action it, movie but... beat that I really like. So all three of those kills were great um, for me, so... Uh, what the fuck? I honestly don't Nobody have called out the fucking hammer as a runner-up. That was one <laughs> That's of my... That's a fun. good I, shit. That was good. Just my, whole, my runner-up wait was here, the, I'll be right back. My runner-up was the... Hold this for me. Yeah. <laughs> my runner-up was the skinning people and throwing over the... the, the See, I didn't like the slow-mo effect. I didn't either. It, just, it, it was such a gimmick. It was almost like, you know, I was watching some of those uh, things from the Matrix, except just with glitter. You know, you saw that, that glitter, and that just really turned me off for it. Yeah, it you know? was The color palette bothered me as well, but I liked the effect 
of the slow-mo stuff. Really? It came off it very cool. gimmicky. It, because yeah, they, exactly. they really played it out in the beginning to give you a sense of it. But then yeah. there's this big dead spot where they just don't really go into it until the end when Dredd throws Momo out. The, yeah. And, you know, that that's a fucking worthy runner-up as well for the, because Dredd is a judge and he sentences and executes people. And he when he's fucking holding her up against the window, yeah. you know, he's like... What kind of uh, what kind of range do you think that thing has? Can it get through a hundred floors of concrete? How about two hundred? Let's find out. It's fucking badass. <laughs> I mean, like how that. do you plea? You know, you go through all the the paces, and then he fucking just chucks her through that glass. It's awesome. But I mean, the slow mo stuff. I agree with you. Is sometimes a bit painful. Yeah. Uh, so that takes us to what the fuck. If this is the first time listening, a what the fuck doesn't get any points. Sometimes it's something that you really like. What the fuck? It doesn't need to be in the movie. But sometimes it's behind the scenes. Sometimes it's it doesn't really hurt the movie. But you're just like, what the fuck happened there? You know, it was just a weird scene or or something that just made you go, what the fuck? It could have been the door scene. Could have been a what the fuck because I was like, what the fuck? That's awesome. You know, it could be it could be <laughs> negative or positive. So we don't take a points away uh, most of the time. Most of the time, it's fucking negative. <laughs> but what do you think, man? Uh, there was a lot of what-the-fuck moments. But the biggest one for me, and I, I don't even know if it maybe... You know, I didn't have that many what-the-fuck. I only had like three. Oh, God, I did. Did it, really? I can't wait to hear some of them. Was, uh, okay, uh, is this Ra- your main? Is this your main one? This is my main one. Okay. Raid Redemption and uh, Tama. Mm-hmm. Those fucking TVs with the dials on them. Okay, this guy's a drug lord, has been for quite some time. Uh-huh. He's got henchmen <laughs> with high... I mean... High artillery shit going on here, okay? Uh He's got paying tenants. The guy has money. Yeah. And he's got these closed circuit things all over the place. What does he have them all attached to? all contributes to who the fuck is this guy? These old-ass fucking black and white TVs with goddamn dials on them. Hmm. You know what? But they improved the aesthetic of his movie. But you you know what? Come but you know, even just, even like he comes off like that though. You know, he does. He doesn't walk around with tuxes really, or anything. I, I, like, I, 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 I get beer that. and like fucking. You well, know, I'm not expecting off. some 65 inch fuck or you know just uh, oh, maybe even a whole fucking platform where you can see every little camera. All that dude gives a shit about his mm-hmm. money coming in so he can save it and fucking. He runs. is paranoid as fuck and wants to see shit. He is gonna have a little. I'm not gonna say. Oh, I'm you're saying like security? Like, exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, he's gonna have a little top notch on that. Not like you know, this huge thing. But he's gonna have something better than. TVs with fucking dials on them. So this made you think, what the fuck? It did. It well, so really did. Any, uh, we'll get your runner-up in a second. What's your, what's your main one? Uh, I'll be honest with you. I had rubber chicken this one. I like both Ooh, these movies wow. enough that I didn't have any what-the-fuck moments. Really? Okay. I really didn't. <clears throat> okay. Um, my main what-the-fuck is, I'm going to change it. Um, I'm going to go, and this isn't really a negative thing either. It's for dread. Um, it just made me like, well, Jesus Christ, man. What the fuck's going on here? Um, it's everyone. You can't piss standing up without getting thrown in the cube. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's the appeal of dread. There's no fucking around. Everybody breaks the law every and, day. And then that what the fuck kill. It was such a mean kill. Like, you always hear shit about Jurassic World and that mean kill where the raptor just runs off with the news lady. I'm like, yeah, why yeah. isn't anybody talking about fucking dread, man? Like, the four fucking bum sitting right out, uh, right underneath the uh, the shield that's going to come down. He told him to get up. Yeah, he's like, get up, you're going to go to the cube. And it's just such a fucking mean kill. Like, the, the gate just comes down and crushes them. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, what the fuck's going on? See, Should what you just touched on right the there is what makes Dredd such a great character. Because he says, you know, there are... Uh, X number of serious we crimes every minute. 6%. We can respond seventeen thousand an hour or a day. A day, a day. And he says we can respond to around six percent. Well, what six percent? <clears throat> Dread is Whatever so black and white <laughs> when it comes to the law that as he walks down the street, every single person is being judged. 
and he has to determine which ones get his time. Which which ones are prioritized. Which is why he says to him, don't be here when we get back. Uh, yeah, he didn't arrest him because he had other fish to fry. Yeah. But I think I think that actually points out a, a, a strength of mm-hmm. of that character. Yeah, I don't know. I think why piss around when you got so many fucking villains? You know, like smoking slow mo and just doing crazy. Well, shit. that's the point. He has to prioritize yeah. it because I don't can't. think it's a po- like I said. I don't think it's a positive or negative. It's not such a big thing where I like it, it's a character positive. But I just I, it was just one of those things where I'm like it was kind of funny to me. So that's why I got it. But. Uh, what's your runner up? Uh, my runner up really was when you see that blood run out the door. <laughs> yeah. It's like, whoa, what the fuck just yeah. happened? Man? Was in get... dread after he got shot and he slumped down. And the other judge comes around. He's like, You got any last words to say? And he goes, Wait. And the guy starts going on, Wait a minute. You, you mean the judge dread? The last words out of your mouth finally oh, gets on the wrong end of a gun. And all this <laughs> share. And this goes on for there's some time span of him talking, yeah. going on. And then she comes around and shoots the other judge. And he's like, No, I was waiting for her. Okay, my big thing. If you see that corner shot, right? There's no way he could have known she was coming around the corner. Psychic. Really? When, see, that's my flaw. That's that, that, that's like a negative for me. It's like I don't know. You don't know. Yeah. But I think you, that movie. He's not psychic. Yeah, that movie rules. He's not psychic. Like, I, want at all. My, I just want my movie. But she is. She can yeah, get okay. in other people's. I want mind. my movie. We don't know out. anything about her range or any of that. But yeah, it had to have been a fuck of a range, man. Because there was some time, and my only thought was there was either that where there's a or he had something. Since we didn't know her psychic abilities. How the fuck are we going to know what his helmet you can do? What? Maybe it's got yeah, some extra you know shit. Everybody can piss on their tippy toes. Or maybe she was just scared to death and didn't move for a while, and he was just like, come yeah. on. You know, everybody you know, in this world can piss on their tippy toes. Just give me a fucking reason why they do. Yes. You know, just set up the fucking <laughs> rules. And I felt like I had no idea of her I potential. feel like that would have all gotten in the way. Really? I, to sit there and focus on her psychic ability. But then we talked about, I I then we talked about character beats like Hans Gruber and how we those are our positive things in an action movie. Uh, when it comes to this kind of action movie, it's almost like Fury Road for me where I don't need a lot of character depth because we certainly don't get any from Mad Max. But that movie, Fury Road, is considered one of the best action movies since the year 2000, right? And the reason is that isn't because it has like a bunch of character development. It's because that movie, once they hit the fucking cars and the trucks, it's a car apocalypse movie, man. Like those those... Vehicles don't stop moving. We Go shouldn't ahead. open that conversation. Go ahead. Because I, I mean, I disagree with you on that. On Who has the character development? Several fronts. Uh, well, I mean... As much as any other dystopian movie, I mean, the, the strongest female there would be, obviously, Furiosa. I think it's an unfair judgment to say it's just an apocalyptic car movie. But, yes, the character development is very thin, and I think the character development's thin on both characters. Okay. Yeah, but so general consensus, though, I'm not even talking about the character death, I'm talking about, like, the action. Most people love, most people don't even break it down like we do. It doesn't fucking stop. Yeah. Most, yeah, most people respect Fury Road because it doesn't stop. And, um... Same way with Raid. I think when Raid gets going at the beginning, it doesn't stop. I think um, with Fury Road, you got vehicles in the desert. Here you have fucking uh, martial arts ex- experts in a fucking high-rise. You know, and uh, I think both of them are warranted for being, if you're just breaking it down to action beats, fuck, both of them are action excellent. movies. You know, so, um, but yeah, so one of my runners up real quick was, at the be- at, when she gets on the PA, uh, Mama, and she's like, okay, kill the judges, right? They're in. Where, where are they at? Oh, yeah. They're at the. Uh, they're like, in the atrium. They're in the atrium, right? Around floor. And I'm like, okay, shit's gonna go down now. 
And the next scene, they're like in a stairway or a hallway. I'm like, there's not one crooked motherfucker down here that's just going to pull out a gun and blow his head off. It's like, they let them get all the way to, you got know, around the fucking corner. you got an apartment building full of these guys that are loaded. Yeah, these are waiting. bad people in this fucking room. It just surprised me. Because like in Raid, when they call that PA system, like you got a chance to look around and you better fucking move, you know? Smaller building. Yeah, but I mean, there there's tons of people around the judges. And I'm like, there's not one person that's like, oh, fuck. Yeah, you're, you're talking about ground floor. That I mean, the people that are in there in peach trees may have simply been shopping. If you look at the ground floor of the atrium, it's mostly stores. So yeah, they may yeah, not even is. be people from the block. They may have just been in there, unfortunately, when the doors got closed. Maybe it was just a bad edit because <coughs> the next scene is like they're in a stairway or something like that or go, go going past the stairwell. Yeah, they're they like, make the decision get to em. level 25. Get them! And I'm like, there was no one to <coughs> get them? Like, <laughs> but that's, that's another awesome moment. Uh, Can we kill these with, guys with some free slow-mo? I, mean, <laughs> I, I personally find that to be a merit of the film that they're, they're standing there well, and he says, he says to her, you're on, you're on assessment, rookie. Call it. This is still your show. You, you know, and he says... She runs down the assessment of the tactical situation that they're in, and she says, gas grenades? I advise you hold your breath, you know? And then they put on their... <clears throat> I thought that that was an excellent way for them to tackle that moment when those guys were getting to him. You're talking about a potential span of maybe three minutes, and these guys are all grabbing their AKs out of their closets. and. But that's what I'm saying. There should have been probably some... You know, crazy motherfucker with a trench coat with like a you know. Fucking and that's laser what I was gun, gonna say. You know? You're you're probably expecting somebody with a trench coat who already carries their gun <laughs> on them. Uh, I don't so necessarily know that's why it's just, it's just illicit like, activity all happens on the ground floor. Yeah, and then my last one was I didn't have too many. Uh, you know what the fucks? My last one was just again that the psychic sidekick. I didn't know what her powers were. Yeah. I, I don't know why she only used it once to get it back. The piss it, but it was me. a long, it was a long <clears throat> scene showing what she could do. I'm like, well, fuck, this chick is pretty goddamn powerful, mm -hmm. you know. And then she never uses it again. I'm just like, man, that's just too bad. If I were to the reach reason out and grab a what the fuck moment, it would have been for Dread though, <clears throat> and it would have been uh, in line with what you said earlier because when they're doing the big Gatling gun scene, you got a guy who is on the floor. He's flipped up his fucking table, and it just goes through the table and just shreds him, right? But it's at ground level. <clears throat> and then when they finally hold up on that wall where he says, hi, X, shoots the wall, and they oh. jump outside, it's right around them. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> so if I were to find a what the fuck, <clears throat> I would ask how the fuck, when she says concentrate fire... <laughs> It concentrates right around them, so that, that's a that's a very. It would be great if Drudge would have taken off his helmet and be like, "I'm going to walk the earth." <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe I should update my list as as of that for a what the fuck. But uh, I honestly didn't have enough problems with either of these movies to really isolate one at all. You know, this is a this next category is very interesting too because um, I didn't bring it up at the beginning of the episode when we talked about similarities, but both of them even have an electronic score to yep. them. Yep. So, which uh, soundtrack did you like? Honestly, and this surprised me because when I first I, I when I went out and bought the raid Redemption, uh -huh. and so you know I hate I fucking hate Lincoln Park. Okay, with a Mike passion. Shinoda. Yeah, when it, I was just like, well, there's Strike One. Then I saw you know Tomato Fresh. I thought, oh, Strike Two. But <laughs> I, I did. I I saw that that music thing. I'm like, oh god damn, oh. can't wait for this shit. You yeah. know. blew me away. I give it to Raid Redemption. Oh, I mean, that was fucking amazing, and the music. Was so in sync with the fighting and oh. everything that was going on. I, uh, I rarely notice, and this is a, a flaw of mine, uh, a soundtrack in a movie, wow. unless either it's a really really good or b really really bad. And within uh, Raid Redemption, I noticed it just because it was fucking phenomenal. It, it like, the beats of the music just not only went with the atmosphere, but it went with what was going on yeah. with these guys. It's almost like they had Walkman or helps, you know, yeah, helps create the battle. Scenes. iPhones, yeah, it did, and they were just going along with the beat of it and. 
hands down, it was Raid. Do you guys ever... Um, I miss a lot of soundtrack and score sometimes, too. Um, every time I do a marathon in Versus, um, unless it really sticks out to me, mm-hmm. um, whenever I do my awards now, I listen to the score. You know, like sometimes yeah, I'll get iTunes or YouTube it. or whatever, mm-hmm. and I'll listen to them while I'm doing all 20 idols, you know, or 19 idols. So, do you guys do that at all? You said you do? Yeah, uh, every do? now and then, It's yeah. something I need to do. It's, it's fun, because most of the time I'm just like, it's dead silence anyway, so... I'm just doing my idols, so most of the time I'll just listen to the, the score or soundtrack. Pretty cool. So you know how when you have a favorite song and you listen to it and then you let the whole album play and the other songs that really didn't hit you very hard eventually become favorites? Just because you listen to it so many times. Because you listen to it so many times. I'm right there with to you. It. <clears throat> so neither of these soundtracks really did anything really? to impress me hmm. personally. I ended up voting in favor of Dread because I was familiar with the beats. Okay. I, I do feel like the, the electronic stuff is, is great. I couldn't tell you what the fuck was going on during Raid. I guess maybe I was watching it and it might have been influencing me, but it wasn't enough to stand out and say, hey, this is going on. Because I was so drawn into the action, the the, the martial arts choreography and all that stuff. Um, but with Ray or with Dread, it's kind of the same thing. But I recognize them more because I've seen them more. So it's kind of an imbalanced way to vote. But it's it's right. all I've got. I don't remember anything about what happened with Ray except when the credits started to roll and you had that rap song uh-huh. that happened, and I was like, "What the fuck? This you seems about, really out." Of place. Are you talking about Razors Out? I don't know. Oh, that's such a badass beat to end. Whatever, on. whatever. I love see, it. I, if we're talking about the same one. <clears throat> And it's the first song that should, starts yeah, playing. Right when the, the gate shut. Oh, I fucking love that beat. I don't remember the song at all. I just really? remember thinking that seems really out of Really? Place. Wow. I love that. Um, I, mine went to Raid. Um, a lot of the reasons that you said, um, Wayne, I, I love how this soundtrack really just helps create those battle scenes. Like, I think it, it has a pulse to it when you're going through the hallways. It enhances it, the it, atmosphere. It enhances. That's a perfect word. I'm going to point out four. For these reasons, I'm excited to go back and watch I'm going to point out four that you should check out. Um, yeah. My four is uh, one's called uh, the uh, uh, the fucking prayers. It's the opening when he's kind of like beating on the bag and it's it's, it's mm-hmm. setting up the, the movie from him going from point A to to, to the uh, the high rise. It's called prayers. Um, it's just like the soft piano and then it goes into more of an electronic beat. beat. Love that. And then um, another one's gear up um, the arrival right when they get to the high rise. And then Razor's Out, which you, I don't think you like already, but maybe check it out again. Um, but that's by Chino Marino. So, uh, but most of it that I love is uh, Mike Shinoda. And uh, yeah. sometimes when you have such a familiar sound like Lincoln Park, um, it's it's a valid point to wonder if it's going to be too much for a score because they do have a. I mean, they got the. I the thought stamp I was going to be electronic. annoyed by it. Yeah, really bad. and there's that but, even that scene too. I, I think it might be the arrival where you have the snipers, right? And the yeah. camera comes up from behind the snipers, you know, and you see them get ready to to do their their thing, and that music kicks in, boom. <clears throat> Yeah, yeah I just I love that. It, it just it's just a great moving. That's probably my favorite music moment right there is the, the sniper scene. I, I don't yeah, know yeah. what the song's called, but when that music goes in, it's just like oh shit's gonna happen. Yeah, you yeah. know, it, it's great, great yeah. thing. So great scene. Yeah, the the score is great for battle scenes. So, so I have to keep my ear out for that. It's when I watch it again. All right, so best quote, guys. <laughs> uh, I cannot remember the lieutenant's name. Uh, the older guy, white haired. Mm. But, oh, uh, right, right. When he's with Tama, right? And, uh, well, it's up towards the very end there. And uh, he just shoots, the lieutenant just shoots the other uh, SWAT team guy in the head out of nowhere, blows his brains out. And uh, the lieutenant guy looks at Tama and says, get me the fuck out of here. And he's like, amazing. <laughs> and then it just ends. I, I cannot under. I, and it was almost a what the fuck. <laughs> 
But to me, it just the, it was the best quote because it just shattered that whole scene. It just made me rethink everything. Like, what is going on here? Uh, it was okay. Thomas' assessment of what self-preservation will drive you yeah, to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it just like, it was simple, kind of dumb, great. but yeah, exactly. It just it changed almost the whole view of things for me. There were not a ton no, of quotes. No. Uh, so I really had to dig into Raid to see if there were any, and I didn't find any. Um, that really stood out to me. But one that I fucking really don't like the the way that this guy overacted under his mask, but he's one of the, the four corrupt judges. But I thought it was a really cool moment that, that kind of builds on the potency of Dredd's character. And that's when he, when uh, after Mama calls 911. Yeah. And he's standing there and he goes, you have a problem with a judge. Do you know who he is? Well, he says uh, she he says do. one million, and she goes a million. He goes, do yeah, you know? Probably. Do you know who this judge is? I do. One million. million. <laughs> <laughs> that really adds to yeah. the, the the who dread is, and it gives you a sense that out on the street. I mean, right here, right now, this is the version of dread we get. But he's got a reputation. Yeah, yeah. and I thought that, that was a, a pretty great quote. There were there were a few. That, that was my runner up quote. Book. I thought that was a really good one. Yeah, my uh, favorite quote um, is another great character moment, you know, and it's where Mad Dog says pulling a trigger is like ordering takeout. <laughs> but you good. marry that with his character, you know, and he, what he's pretty much saying is killing takeout's easy, man. You just go, you tell them what they want, they make it for you, and, and they drop it in a bag and you're off in the car, right? Killing somebody should not be fucking easy as ordering takeout, man. You should just get your hands dirty. You should have that one-on-one, man. It should, should fucking be a last. victory for yeah, you. Yeah, and that's a great mm-hmm. quote for his character. So uh, pulling a trigger is like ordering takeout. Yeah, it shouldn't be easy. Killing should not be easy. So that was mine. Uh, this one was a hard one. Uh, best screenplay, ultimately, I gave it to Dread. Really? I did. Yeah, I did. It just only because I like Dread's character so much. You know, and even though the, ultimately the movie, the the story that we were given was disappointing. I, See, I, I think the story is a perfect setup for an action movie on both cases. Yeah, oh yeah, you both, know, I think both it's because when, when it comes to like Fury Road, Fury Road is even a very <laughs> simple setup. I mean, it's literally growing across. It's Exodus, man. It's going across the desert there and back again. Am I the only one that loved Crank Two? By the way, since we're talking about other action films, probably. Just, I don't know. Really. <laughs> <laughs> No, uh, I fuck? heard that Crank was in the action marathon, and I was like, what the fuck? No, it's not an action marathon. I'm talking Crank we, we talk, Yeah, <laughs> we talked about how, um, and I'm not a fan of Crank, but general consensus. Not the again. first one, no, but the second one. There's a lot of fuck people. Yeah. I started watching Crank. I turned that shit off. Yeah, no, yeah, I'm not, crank a, one, no, I'm not a fan of Crank, but for some reason, I'm not a huge fan of John Wick. I wouldn't even put John Wick in some of the top action movies of the 21st century. Um, That's but, one that grows on you. Yeah, maybe. I, I don't. The first time I saw it. Either. I think it's okay. I think there's, I, I don't like a lot of. Um, gimmicky shit. Crank has a lot of gimmicky shit. Like, if you're not on with that gimmick, then you're fucking done. You know what I'm saying? Um, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But a lot of people think that Crank is one of the best action movies of the 21st century. I don't. Um, but uh, that's when we're like uh, Raid, Fury Road. Sometimes you just need a good setup for your your action heroes to have fun. And I think uh, this simple screenplay here for Dread and Raid is, is a fun um, yeah. screenplay idea plot for Well, that's why I love heroes. so much about the screenplay about Dread. It... it it was unrealistic. It, it took me out of things for a little bit. You know, the Raid Redemption, it it was believable. You know I mean? Something like this could happen. Or, you know, the, the dread, the story, it, it was unreal. And, and for a little bit, I believed. Oh, it's that, a fantasy. Exactly. And that's why I, I liked it a little bit more than I did okay. the realism of uh, Raid Redemption. Okay, so you're going with escapism. Yeah. 
over reality. Yes. Oh yeah, any day. I also went with Dread, but I uh, <clears throat> Raid does have the grit and reality, but Dread has more characters and characters that we learn things about and a world that you can pull back from and see uh, a larger scope. <clears throat> it has you know a road that we can go down later. Um, Raid spends a lot of time on fight scenes. There's not a lot happening. It is, we've got a group that goes in, lots of fucking fighting and shooting. Then we have a little bit of dialogue exchange, lots more fighting and shooting. <clears throat> Dread has that, but there's character development, there's, there's, it, fuck, there's a personality to Peachtree's. <clears throat> but then there's even a setup for a sequel in Ray, where it's like, no, your job's not done. If you want to take out that next guy, the one that's over, you know, Tama... Then you're gonna have to go undercover. Which no, you got that in Dread. You have that. Yeah, you have that in a lot of. I think you're, you're right. They, yeah. These these two scripts are one and the same. But mm -hmm. I still feel like, for the same reason that I selected Mama as best villain, there's a lot more background given. There's a lot more on the page than there is in Raid. It's Raid is very sparse, and I think that a lot of Raids. Um, a lot of raids' merits are visual. That fucking scene where those SWAT team members are hovering around that door and that light slowly builds and they realize where they are and mm -hmm. they all train. That's beautiful stuff. The fight, the choreography is great when they make contact, when the, 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 the angles and the shots don't provide for that obvious miss, which I ran into several of watching it. <clears throat> but it's all visual, visually driven. Uh I got a lot more character depth and story from Dread, and a lot of that's due to the script yeah, being there. And when you, when you talk about <clears throat> Dread being a fixed point that everyone else pivots around because he forces them to pivot around his beliefs <clears throat> and, and adhere to him, explain yourself, rookie. Abetting a felon is not just a... Uh, it's not just a crime. It's uh, I, I don't know. Oh, no, it's, not, it's not, a, it's not a, a, just a fail. It's a... It's a felony. It's a felony, yeah, exactly. And she says, I already picked up the fail. You know, you, you, she's trying to do good. She's making assessments he's unwilling to make. He's not a perp, he's a victim. Maybe this is the one good thing I will do. I, you don't get a lot of stuff like that from Raid, except for that moment between him and his brother. And you realize that there's a little bit of history there. And I'll, I'll give you the power and the potency of when those two turn and walk in opposite directions in the end of the movie is spot on. That's good stuff. But there's so few moments like that. The rest of it's just fight choreography, which is great for an action piece. Yeah. And it lends itself well to you believing that it's a great action film if you're not requiring yeah, and, that extra and, level and of When depth. I'm watching both of these movies here, I just want a, I want a good fucking action movie. Sometimes I just want that action movie that just does not stop and and it's it's it has variety to the action beats. Like you can tell, like Rama is fucking strategically taking out people from the knees to the fucking throat to using door kills to jumping out of windows. There's a, there's a lot of which isn't screenplay. Is it an action? Which isn't is screenplay. this an action versus? Or exactly. A, this is a versus. What is it? This is a versus. Um, so when I get into screenplay, you know, I got to break down screenplay. Um, again, it comes back to yeah, I think there was some variety, definitely in character building in in dread, but it was all character building that I didn't give a shit about, and some of that is even filler shit like the gimmicky um, um, slow mo. You know, that's building with that screenplay. It's a device that we can use to get 
um, to put some a little bit more action into this world and or to, to build it up, which I didn't I didn't like I didn't like slow mo. I thought that was kind of stupid. But anyway, if I'm breaking it all down, just the, the meat of both screenplays, um, no points given, no points received. This is my only tie. Um, that's fair. That's yeah, completely fair. That's uh, both of them are a SWAT team or judges. They're trapped in a large apartment block by a drug lord. Uh, one's a man, one's a female drug lord, and they have to fight their way out um, and then ultimately take out the drug lord itself. You know, the meat right there is so similar. The beats are so similar. Um, the basic uh, structure of the screenplay that I had to just take it down. So I didn't take any awards off for slow mo. There's not or anything a lot like of that. ties I can get behind, but yeah, that's, so that's that's, that's my only tie for the night. So, but. All right, and then that takes us to best cinematography. Raid. I loved the cinematography in Raid. It was so... I almost felt like I was watching a, a grindhouse film. You know, it was because of, of the realism that this presented that I... You know, normally in a story, I like the escapism, but as far as what I'm looking at, I wanted reality. And Dread was just so CGI heavy. And most of that CGI was so shitty. It blew my mind when I learned the budget of it. I'm like, where the fuck did that go? You know, oh, you know, honestly, I, I will give Dread a little uh, bit of credit for that. Um, they, they, much, had, they had a fifty million dollar budget. I think fifty million doesn't buy you as much as you would think anymore in Hollywood. Well, well look think, at how I great they, uh, uh, Raid Redemption looked on million. one million. Yeah, but I know? mean, with the, the CG <laughs> effects and you know catering and everything, getting someone like Carl Urban, all that goes into budget and the peach tree. The exterior shots, I know we didn't get much of. 50 million. Exactly. You didn't get much of We didn't get much, but fucking 50, I think 50 million built the world enough to give you an idea to, to be kind of enticed for a sequel, but the CG was fucking shit. That guy had to pocket most of that 50 million, I think, because it, it just really? the CGI I it was, was well used. shit. Uh-uh. Really? The, the real, like, but the, everything. Because there was a lot of digital shots, though. Yeah, it still sucked. But, but, <laughs> but the Raid Redemption shots uh, in particular, are you talking about? I'm just curious. Most of them and for me was there was there was a few kills that was CG. Some of them were done respectfully, like when yeah, we t- we said that they threw the bodies off the atrium, and they I thought that would look pretty pretty goddamn good. Um, most of my CG shots was interior, like you could tell they built up yeah, platform exactly. building shots, um, um, exterior shots showing the city, and but on fifty million, that's why I'm giving it some credit. They didn't look that great, but they only spent fifty million. Ah, see, yeah, I thought they, it looked fine. There, there when it when they're going down through the middle of the atrium, there's some scaling issues with the way that I think she was standing at the bottom when she realized that it was a punishment killing and that they were thrown from all. And yeah. she looks up and then it does a top down shot where it zooms in on her on the atrium. I thought there were some scaling issues there, but for the most part, when they're going up the sides of the building, yeah, there were some I, moments I when they were on. Really well. There were some moments when they were look like you're watching Raid and they're looking over a balcony. You can tell that's a real structure. There's some. I mean, obviously, we're going fantasy. A little bit more money could have helped it, but there's moments when they're looking over. There, there's um, platform shots that you could just tell it was digitally composed that way. Mm-hmm. Um, Fifty million dollar budget doesn't buy you too much, though. So I thought I thought it was money well spent, but I did think the CGI was shitty. But that's what you're gonna get with fifty million. In, in the world that they're trying to create. Yeah, I, I still can't get behind that 50 million. I, okay. just, I just can't. <laughs> I, I, I do agree with you. The, the movie, not just CG, but we are, we are talking about cinematography and just some of the the uh, um, the effects where they use for slow-mo and the slowing down yeah, yeah. and the, the way they're moving the camera there, I couldn't get behind. I felt some of that was very annoying. Mm-hmm. So I liked it. <laughs> which part? Well, uh, no, I didn't have a problem with the... Uh, the way the money was spent, I thought the world building was great. There were a couple of shots with scaling in the building that I thought were a little rough. But for the most part, I found it believable. And I thought that what they did with it pulled me into the world. So I was good with it. But I also went with Raid on cinematography for the same reasons. 
the I'm not going to call the uh, the design of the building, the CGI, and all that stuff in Dread a negative. Really, for me, it didn't detract from anything, but it definitely in Raid being a real building contributed mm-hmm. to them being able to do some really cool shit. And that for the same reason that I gave it the, my my location, it was a real place that you could explore. We were there with them. <clears throat> Dread did oftentimes. Uh, give you the impression that you're on the outside looking in i didn't get that 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 uh, impression at all from raid um when those guys were you know hunkered down behind the wall and the guys were shooting from up top i mean we're right fucking there with them and the cinematography contributed to that the the lighting and everything about it gave it that horror element i mean all of the apps had a cold still a barren uh, i mean you that was uh for me it was uh pripyat you know, it was a fucking post-nuclear meltdown type area. I mean, they might as well have been fighting in Ukraine. Yeah, exactly. In Chernobyl. Chernobyl. Exactly. That's almost where I thought. I and, mean, it, it and, and they brought that to life. And they brought it, all the atmosphere that Raid channeled came out of the cinematography, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And the way, even the way that he uh, put together that bomb, those close shots of him doing all that stuff, yeah. putting it together, and then moving. You're moving with him when they move the fridge. You know, all that stuff was great. Yeah. Uh, hands down. Uh and it's because Raid was so Hollywood scope, and this one was Gorilla. I, yeah, I just yeah, really like it. That's a good good way to yeah. put it. Um, I went with Raid as well. I'm actually going to start off with reading a quote from one of our video landers, Ryan Smith. Um, he actually put this in the poll, which we'll explore later. But he said, every punch, kick, and slice has impact, and the camera somehow keeps up without being disorienting. It's graceful brutality that set a new standard for action scenes. And then he goes on to say that Dread feels lumbering in comparison to that. Um, and I think he's right. I think it takes talent to, yeah, to move the camera so to, to move that camera so gracefully. Um, <laughs> I feel every punch, every kick. You know that best kill that we talked about, where he jumps back and he slams that that through the uh, the, the splinter of wood through the door. I feel that. feel that. And that's oh, fucking yeah. camera work right there that make you feel tight and enclosed and so gorilla. 90% um, of the time I'd agree with that, but <clears throat> there were some missed hits and where the choreography showed as choreography. Yeah, and I'm sure me, and I'm, you know, and I'm sure there was. I mean, because they're doing Because so, they're throwing a lot they're of throwing a lot punches, of punches and yeah. And uh, on a $1 million budget, they had to create shots. This is $1 million fucking dollars, okay? There was a scene, you know that scene when they chop up the floor? And yeah. and they, they go through the floor to the next level. I love that fucking scene. That right there is a perfect example of cinematography. You see that it's all one, one fluid motion. They only had $1 million. They only had one rig. You know how they created that shot? So they chopped up the floor and the cameraman, okay, they grabbed him by the legs and they dropped him down the hole and he switched it off and gave the camera to someone else and then they took that camera and switched it around and followed oh, the guy. No shit. Yeah. So with $1 million, they're creating shots in this fucking building. You know, that just is mind-blowing. You know, that's all from that $1 million. And then, you know, you look at something like Dread that was $40 million. I think some moments it comes off like it's a $3 million TV show, like a Netflix series. Mm-hmm. I think the $1 million budget used for choreography, cinematography, um, creating new shots, I mean, they used the, the best bang for their buck. And that is me giving some credit to Dread. I honestly think that the CG sucked, or the visual, the visual style. Yeah, I felt like movie. I was watching a sci-fi special. I think the visual, yeah, I think channel. the visual style uh, was. I, I did not care for it. I thought it was very generic. But again, it takes a lot of fucking money to create. I mean, most of budgets in Hollywood. It's a very ambitious world. I guarantee you, Blade Runner twenty forty nine will have a two hundred two hundred fifty million dollar budget, so they can get away with that. But then you go look at a movie like District Nine. 
District 9 had half the budget of Dread, and I buy that world completely. Yeah, yeah, That's $30 million dollars for District 9. They used slums. What? 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 Are Spaceships we hovering in the air. The the mm. the, uh, the designs for the uh, Stargate SG One did that shit all day long. It way and look it made it look better than District Nine because District Nine looks I think Stargate looks great. SG One looks great when I you think look back some... on the, some seven million dollar episodes that they did. Uh, <clears throat> putting spaceships in the skies is a pretty. I mean, I just watched Ten Cloverfield Lane the other day when the lightning hits and you see that spaceship over in the corner. That's not a particularly expensive shot. I mean, that's a CGI paint job uh, that that goes really well. District Nine is it's all slums and props. Yeah, yeah, and, and they do a lot. I mean, like uh, the work on the aliens as well. Um, when you look at Dread, I mean, there's only what? How much do you think concentrated time on actual exterior shots to build that world up? Two minutes concentrated. You not mean very when much. it's on display. On display, on, for yeah, to yeah, build that world. Not, not much. And then mm. interior, I mean, all they had to do was, you know, decorate that setup probably, what, three levels? And then just... And honestly, a lot of their budget for the exterior shots probably went into redoing them three or four times. Because oh. I know that they went through some of the lines for the way that the megastructures, when they were too close, made everything look false and cluttered. So they had to redo those and rearrange everything. A lot of their money probably went into revisions on Yeah, I shows. honestly think their problem was just being, their visual effects being oversaturated and high contrast. Yeah. I think that was the big, the stylistic problem with their movie. But that is also cinematography, <clears throat> you know? Uh, how do you want your movie to look? And uh, all the tricks that they pulled um, for... For raid and, and making you feel every punch and kick and and really putting you in that setting and like I said dropping that guy through the floor creating shots with a camera like that handing it off you can actually watch this um behind behind the scenes like on YouTube where you know someone grabs the camera turns around and fucking see, just I, I want to rewatch that shot just to see that again yeah just, just some guy, imagine some guy dangling through the fucking floor handing the camera <laughs> off because they only had a one million dollar budget there's some great stuff and like I said that blue steel look to the movie that you guys brought up. Um, I, just, I really enjoy that look. I think it's a it's a really cool look for for this movie, um, which takes us to um, best supporting actress. You guys want to explain this? So we got rid of it. we got the fuck rid of it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Why I mean, is that? Because it's a, <coughs> a recurring issue, honestly, and which sucks. A it lot does. Of it really does. We watch <clears throat> when you're not putting together six potential movies where a supporting actress may be made available to you. Uh, it's really hard to find one yeah, uh, because is. honestly, in Hollywood, they don't give a lot of they don't give a lot of opportunities for for Agreed. females to succeed unless the movie is about a, a female. female character exactly, and that fucking sucks. But it's the it reality does. of the world we yeah. live in, and there yeah. were none available. Yeah, we've talked about losing this category completely, but then that one movie where we actually yeah. have a good fucking supporting actress, it's like we don't want to fuck her. It's like we, we, <laughs> we make it just for yeah. She got a good role. In, <laughs> And those video game guys fuck her next, you know. So there are two female characters in Dread. Yeah, there are next to no female characters. Yeah, uh, one, one's pregnant, one's no sick. Characters. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I mean, it just didn't make any sense. So we have to we have to pull. We've voided that one out. Yeah. So that takes us to best supporting actor. Uh, Raid. Uh, I wish I could pronounce this guy's last name. Uh, Donnie Alamsaya is what it looked mm-hmm. like to me. Okay. Uh, the guy who played Andy. Okay. I loved it. He was the the black sheep. Uh, to me, and he, I loved that character. He, uh, you don't know exactly what happened when he was younger, but you sense uh, him and his father, you know, got into it had some kind of discrepancy or whatever, and he just went to this life of crime. You know, he's not he's not the main character like Rama or whatever, but he is. He's that uh, you get a sense younger 
and Black Sheep Brother, and oh. I just love the way he plays that out. He's not the good guy, but he's not so far gone that he comes off as like, holy shit, this guy's fucking evil. Yeah. You know what I mean? He, you get a sense that he does, hey, this is just what I do. He's accepted that part of him, and he really plays off of that. Uh, one answer here for me, um, and I don't even know, I'm going to butcher the shit out of this, I'm sure, but <laughs> Yayin Ruin. <laughs> That's fine, too. That's probably what that's going to have. I don't know how to say it. I feel like his presence was... Screen time wise was marginal, but it had a real impact. Yeah, yeah. I would have loved to have seen more of him. Those, those few times, I mean, and I've I've torn it down in a couple of different ways on, on on how I thought that it was forced. But I mean, that line that you mentioned earlier uh, was was awesome. I get the sense that this guy, when he his fighting is very fucking personal, and it, it's it's not just a. A look on his face—it's—it's it's a reality that he brings mm-hmm. to it, and I—I I thought it was just—he was almost the star of the movie. Yeah, he's a standout for me just with his verses in general. Um, he has a commanding physical presence. Um, his physicality, man—he just—he's when he's on the screen, you fucking know he's there. He, man. Yeah, he, he doesn't even have to say yeah, shit. He had that fight with Jaka. Right? He, he could stand and in then the he corner. Goes and he, he squares got, off against his two guys, and <clears throat> it's hard for me to rationalize that that's possible, oh. but. When you look in this guy's eye, and he's fucking named Mad Dog for a reason, yeah, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. He has no upper limit to his stamina. It's just pure adrenaline. I feel like this guy fights so fucking hard, he could drop dead doing it. <laughs> yeah. shit. And he wouldn't even realize he did. You know? <laughs> yeah, man, such a commanding physical presence, though. I mean, this he guy is. Is, is, yeah, you know he's fucking there. <laughs> he could literally just be standing quiet in the corner. All kinds of stuff going on in the room. You'd be like, there that motherfucker is. You know, he just he's there. You almost find a, a level of fear in Jaka right before that fight even starts. Yeah. It's I mean, almost he just, like he's <laughs> ready to say goodbye. And he's an Indo. He's gonna like, give I'm, it his I'm, all. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to do my best, but... Uh, I think yeah. he fucking sees the writing on the wall. He's yeah. an Indonesian native, too, man. Like, you know, he uh, when he's not acting... He's teaching this uh, Indonesian martial arts. It art, you know? shows that he knows his oh, shit. Oh, yeah, for sure. It yeah, he's, really does. What he's doing on there is an art form, man. It's, it's beautiful. Mine was the same one. So, All right, that takes us to Best Actress. Uh, I need that rubber chicken. <laughs> All right, do you want to explain the rubber chicken? Uh, the rubber chicken award uh, basically goes to... when no, Nobody was worth a shit in the Best Actress. <laughs> so this nobody is no hit. points given, no points received. So we squeeze the rubber chicken, and that's just disgraceful. Yeah, what did I have? I have to choose from Lena Headley and we. we had, <laughs> that's Hetty. <laughs> uh, and Hedy. who gives a fuck about her? I mean, she just like I said. <laughs> oh, good for you. You paid somebody who was either oh down or pissed, like you always do in every fucking role you get. Uh, she found yeah, she found her one uh, role for me, and that's Game of Thrones. Which exactly. I love her in that, but. And Man, even she sucks think, and everything else. I, I think it's the character. It ain't her. Yeah, I think it's just yeah. You know, I honestly, I think, I think she's playing herself in Game of Thrones. Exactly. You know, I think they <laughs> they could have thrown a rock <laughs> into a crowd and hit somebody who could have played that character. You know, and <laughs> she's horrible. I'm not a believer in rubber chickens. I'll find a good in anything. Um, well, you're a better person than me, Josh. <laughs> and I, I, I mean, I have to disagree with you guys on Olivia Thurlby. I. I thought she did a great job in the character. I thought there was character development. I think that that has a lot to do with the um, the pairing with with Dred's character. Is she paying you? Pulling that out. Are you, are you friends with her on Facebook? <laughs> no, I, <laughs> I I legitimately that in the end when he says, "Are you ready? You look ready." I fucking felt that. I I feel like I he was being a smartass. <laughs> I thought I I feel like he was actually saying, "I see it in you now." You 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 know you. 
he says to her in the beginning, "You uh, rookies." generally engage in combat on their their during their assessment <laughs> one in five don't make it back alive mm-hmm. and he sets her up for a very real uh, you, you know uh, expectation for what she's going to see when she goes out there and i don't think she's fully prepared for it and he says to her in the beginning are you ready you're not ready you don't look ready in the end i i get the complete reverse of that right. and i think that hurts her channeling that character i i thought it was great I uh, I didn't care for her, but I look at her as a supporting actress anyway, so we lost her. I did. I, I bumped it. her to actress because I, I really feel like we probably should have bumped actress because both of the female characters were supporting actress mm-hmm. roles. But either way, one of them is getting the credit for something. Exactly. Um, or not. Yeah, I went with Rubber Chicken <laughs> <laughs> as well. Um Lena Hetty, man, I, I, you said it all. I said it with you. <laughs> um, I, it's funny that we both gave it a rubber chicken. Um, it shows you just how fucking uninteresting she is. Yeah. I think I, I did not care about anything she said, she did, or motivations. I just, I saw boring actress. I saw tired, boring actress. I did. Like, <laughs> like, good God, we're not going to get the check for this fucking thing. No shit. Hey, give me, take me back to Game of Thrones. <laughs> so yeah, I have nothing else to say. Um, just very, very boring. So she honestly would have uh, been. Well considered by me for the award of, of Best Actress if it weren't for two moments. Um, and they were back-to-back. But it's when the guy, uh, Kay, walks in and she says to him, shut the fuck up. Like, I, when she said that, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I get that. That that was an underacting moment for me where she was trying to be badass and it fucking fell. See, that was me just it's, her it's, doing her Game of Thrones thing for me. <laughs> it works with Game of Thrones for some reason. Well, because that's the character. Know. You know what I mean? That, so cool. And then immediately after that, she says, do you understand me? Do you fucking understand me? And the way she's oh. rolling her eyes and all of that there. I mean, it was really detracting for me for, for the character. Um, <clears throat> so she, that right there pulled her right out of the running. But obviously there weren't a lot of candidates. So yeah. Olivia Thelby's. Yeah. It's not... Stellar acting, but it's it's noteworthy for me. Uh, it's, Her, it's not a Lena Headey seems like it's phoned in, completely mm-hmm. phoned in. Like I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Best actor. Uh, like I'm gonna probably butcher this guy's name. <laughs> uh, Eco Uways, oh, uh, the guy who played Rama. Uh, what was there not to fucking love about him? You know, from start to finish, I felt this guy. You know, what I mean, he he's got a uh, a good marriage. He's got a good relationship with his father. Apparently, I mean, even just that split second that you see his father, you feel that, you know, and you feel like he's anxious and almost kind of nervous for his baby. He's uh, anxious and scared to, to to see his brother. You know, he's anxious and scared to pull him out of this shit. He's anxious and scared to survive, and you just you get that. For, and then when he's not doing that, he's kicking ass on on a epic fucking level. And it's just a total kick. <laughs> well, it is, man. Yeah, it is. I mean, he's just constant. And everything this guy does is just amazing. And I love his character. I love the way he portrays it. No matter whether he's being, you know, the softer, loving husband or brother or just the badass SWAT team guy. You know, even if he's got to do a complete role reversal, he does it and he does it flat. And this guy was nobody. Like, um, when he, they did directed Marintel, I think is what it's called. Uh, Marantel was the first Indonesian movie that Gareth Evans did, and he was just some guy just hanging around. And I guess, guess Gareth, Gareth Evans was like, "We got to use this guy for something," you know. And now he's just become a face, you know. Like even he's Star great. Wars wants him, you know. So, uh, 
Eco Uace. Right on. For a lot of a lot of the same reasons. Is that, that how mentioned. it's pronounced? Eco Uace? I, yeah, no I know it's, I know okay. it's Eco. Eco. So, okay. um, the scene in the beginning with the wife I thought was touching and endearing. He walks past the father and says, I'll bring him back. It's very cryptic. Doesn't really tell you what's yeah. going on, but it's personal. Uh, and then the meeting with the brother. I talked about the end when they turn and walk opposite ways. There's a lot of potency and a lot of power and character in that, but. The one spot for me that just cemented him as just excellent acting is when he's running down that hallway and he's fucking trying to get a door open. He's trying to go out a window, and he turns and in in a, lot, a horror fashion, there's all these fucking guys at the end of the hallway holding machetes. Oh man! And yeah. he just oh. looks down, and then he looks up, and it's written all over his fucking face. I'm gonna fucking this do this. This is my path. <laughs> this is what I'm doing. Yeah. And he's all in, you know. And I felt like I was all in with him in that moment. Right on. So it just channeled so much truth right there. Yeah. Mine is Eco Uas as well. Um, it's funny. When you think about being on set and acting, um, I think some action stars and horror stars, genre stars, kind of get um, downplayed. Like, have you ever made a, just a short film with a friend? You know, like I've dicked around with a camera a couple times, and you're trying to set the environment. You're trying to get some reactions. I believe that Eco... Or yeah, Eco is that Eco US. Yeah. I believe that he can kick some fucking ass. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. believe every bit of it. I believe, yeah, and I didn't even mention uh, the the heart that went into the choreography. Yeah, yeah exactly. I believe he's doing this shit right now. <laughs> I I have there's no. I'm not thinking one time that he's stopping when they say cut. Okay, and that he just stops and goes getting coffee or something. Like that's not even mine. He's not fucking acting. Like this guy's having a fucking war. In a goddamn mm-hmm. Indonesian building, you know, and he's he's got a baby face too. He he's, does. He's, he's charismatic. Innocent. Yeah, he's very innocent and very charismatic. But I'm constantly drawn to his presence. Like he's one person there, you know, he's there. You know, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I loved him. I thought in his his art is again so beautiful to watch. The way that he moves around the hallways and the way he's fighting. There's just something so beautiful about it. You know, like I've seen a ton of martial arts movies, but there's just rhythm to the way he moves. It's very graceful. Yeah. So well, and he's got. It's very indicative of this is my my one problem, and it's more with uh, the the aesthetic of of raid and martial arts movies in general is when they get going and maybe maybe it really is that way maybe the they they channel the adrenaline so much that like when he's looking for a way out they're doing like frantic shaking and they're just moving around so fast and like their head is jerking faster than their their fucking heartbeat could possibly be uh-huh. going. And that kind of pulls me out of it sometimes. You know what's funny too? I don't know how much truth this is. I've I didn't fact check this. I heard that uh, Gareth Evans, because he's a UK guy, he's a Welsh dude. He actually went from there to Indonesia. Are we going to comment on that pairing? Huh? That you have a UK guy. Oh yeah, that's it. That's coming up. Okay. Yeah, that's coming up. So this guy, this director, he's this uh, this this Welsh dude. He goes over to Indonesia, and I heard the reason that he went over to Indonesia is because, you know, with um, UK or with uh, American standards, you have a lot of red tape when you're doing an action movie. You know, you have to really respect the stuntmen. <laughs> okay? Over and in I, Indonesia, fuck the stuntmen. <laughs> Indonesia, I guess the stunts, like, you can throw people out of fucking windows, you know? Like, there's a lot it's of... It's just crazy, a job hazard. <laughs> there's just a, great, a lot of crazy stunt work. So he went to Indonesia so he could make the best fucking action movie he could. And I think that goes into what you were saying. Like, I think he's fucking scared for his goddamn life. I, and again, he's not a fucking star. 
Okay, he just came off of Marantau, which was a small budget indie flick that I don't think anybody in fucking Videoland has even seen, right? I've never seen it. Just a, it's more of a drama than an action flick, right? With action elements. And Raid, this is only his second fucking movie from doing whatever the hell he was doing beforehand. He did choke slam and... a guy through a door. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I think he's literally scared for his fucking life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, so that takes us to best scene. Uh, this one was easy. Uh, Rama and Andy fucking up Mad Dog from start mm. until he sticks that piece of pipe in his throat and rips it out. That is just one long ass-kicking scene. And for me, that, that that's what action movies are about, or the fighting scenes. You know, if I want drama or whatever, I'll watch a chick flick or I'll watch well, fuck a drama. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Action movies, I want action scenes, and to me, this was easily the best scene of the two movies. Really? Okay. Yeah, it's it's fucking. I think it's a great action scene, man. Especially when you have this. The finale is, I and mean, what else could you want? I mean, it's for a finale yeah. to an action flick. Yeah, the I mean, two there's brothers a lot of bonding shit going for on, battle, man. and then brutal. And this for the Mad Dog for going up against two guys that look like they can kick some ass themselves. He is keeping up. I yeah. mean, it is tireless. You know what I like though? I like that because I wanted the Rama Mad Dog when I first watched this. I'm like, oh, I can't wait for the Rama Mad Dog setup. I'm glad that. It showed his brother getting the shit beat out of him, you know, because mm-hmm. it's not Rama versus it's like Rama versus or uh, Mad Dog versus one and a half. Yeah, you know, exactly. his brother's tires got the shit kicked out of him, so he might still have the upper hand, you know. So, but he still wants. And the it's challenge. almost like he was prepping <clears throat> Andy for that degradation. Yeah, yeah. he was prepping because he knew Rama was coming, so he wanted to get this guy worked down. So that he could see if he could do it. And yeah. as much as he loves fighting and stuff, that that's quite possible. He could have had that frame of mind, been like. I'm going to fight this guy later. He's going to be with him. I'm going to whoop his ass yeah. for a while and get him calmed down. It's, it's I think it's, I think it's, uh, it's beautiful, too, where you look at this action movie, and the beats to the action movie just isn't a straight line down a fucking hallway. Yeah. You know, it's like they, they stop. Oh, it's all over the fucking place. They stop. It's like, you know what? You and I are going to have a one-on-one in a fucking room together, right? <laughs> and then the action gets back in the fucking hallway or into another room. And then you have the fucking huge drug lab scene, right? But then when you think the movie's going to be ending and he's going to go up to take out the bad guy... Um, what do you see? He stops and you just hear fucking punches going on and kicks and he looks in. Fucking, it's not over yet, man. You got to enter this room and take out the fucking mini boss, you know? Um, I think, I think, I think it's great. It's like an old NES game. It does. It does, man. I think both these movies have a, I would play both these, these, uh, these movies in a video game. I think Dread would make a fucking better video game with the setting and fantasy, the gun, um, everything that you have there. I think the the setting. I think Dread would make a fucking great first-person shooter. Dying to be made into a yeah, video yeah. game. But I think both of them that have that, cool. that survival horror element that would make a fun, you know, video game. But um, what's your best scene? Um, so there, there were there were a lot of opportunities, honestly, for for best scene, and a lot of them that I wanted to pick were character building. <clears throat> I could have gone with Dread and the Chief Justice in there talking about Anderson and Anderson pulling into his mind and all that. I, I thought those were great. Um, I've obviously talked about a couple of other character building scenes, but the one that stuck out to me the most that I thought was just fucking awesome was when they were in the wall and the machete came oh, through. Oh, so good. The that blood good. on the cheek. And I, I was sitting here thinking to myself, he's going he's gonna to fucking know that there's blood on him. Yeah, that. and that the last And when I saw that hand coming up, I was like, oh, that's a good fucking character yeah. right there. Mm-hmm. And that was just awesome. It, it, it was good tension in there. I also felt like it seemed pretty obvious that that wall was sticking out. Yeah. But fuck that. I, and I don't care about that shit. I thought it was a really cool moment. Um, that is this your first time watching it too? Yeah, this is the first time. This I've is seen um, it. when you go back. Like, I've 
tried to explain a few times where Rama does a lot of shit where it's very thoughtful and you can tell that he's putting thought into his movements and that's just one of them right there. But, yeah. but the scene does have tension because when you see the guys get in there, I mean, you see the wall bowing out. Yeah. So it is it is tracking their every fucking movement and he just precariously brings that hand yeah. up. Yeah. You, to I grab, mean, that's going to hurt oh. hell, man. Yeah, it's in his face. He didn't make a sound. And he's when holding it, on to a guy who's really fucked up himself, too. You know, so he's got a lot going on. And to think of that... All all that and, and that movement's got to take place without that wall bowing out anymore, giving away his position, no creaks, yeah, no you sound. Shit going up. As his arm turns and he, he messes with that uh, the fucking... The mortar or whatever it is that's inside the wall mm-hmm. potentially coming down. I mean, it's so delicate, but important enough that it has to happen. I just thought it was a fucking great character. That was a, yeah, that was. Uh, my favorite scene is the my favorite action scene from our action marathon, and that is the machete hallway fight. Um, it's just so good. much shit that going on. It is a great, yeah, a it's great it's thing. so good. I want to of quote, the choreography in the movie. Yeah, it's it's the best. I I quote. I want to quote Seth Fisher from the Facebook poll. Um, he put up, his quote was, Carl Urban is cool, but he can't hold a candle to this. And then he linked to the machete fight, you know? He's like, this is so fucking badass. <laughs> you know, watch this clip. And uh, it, it's great. It won my action scene. Uh, yeah, my action scene in the action marathon. It's just a fun, it's so intense. Oh, it's, I can watch that anytime. Actually, Ryan called me today, and he was reading the poll, and he's a big Raid fan. And he was like, you know what? I wanted to show my, my girlfriend, my fiance, I wanted to show her some of Raid. And he said he, he popped it in, and he ended up watching the whole fucking movie. Yeah, because the action scenes were so yeah. intense. But he's like, yeah, the fucking machete hallway fight is, is great. So um, that's my favorite scene. I think the machete action hallway scene is the only choreography in the whole thing that's firing on all cylinders. That really? Ooh. Ooh, man. Like the room where they're in that room together. And they're, they're, yeah. They're, uh, man, that, that uh, choreography, the bomb, the bomb and, yeah. and, yeah. and jumping out the window. No, and, no, no, I liked that, uh, but that that is a piece of a greater structure. Uh, the machete, the the machete sequence has a beginning and an end that's very defined, and uh, everything that takes place in between it is, you know, Ryan's uh, statement about you feel all the hits and all the impact. That machete sequence from when he looks up and he says, this is what I'm doing, to when he jumps through that window, and, and to me that's the end, I felt every hit and every punch yeah, and every yeah. kick and every you know <laughs> thrust of that machete. That is the only choreography in the movie that I felt that 100% right. from start to finish. I, All the other ones see, I felt like that in the Mad Dog mid- scene, and I did feel yeah. that in the lab scene, the drug lab. I think the drug lab is, is great, too. That was a good scene. There's a lot of jumping There were a couple shit. that yeah. I felt like... I mean, I am. I I'm, maybe I'm nitpicking, uh-huh. but I felt one leg came up the block, and the other one already knew it was going to be there. You know, uh-huh. I, I felt the choreography, whereas that one yeah. felt like a fight. I love that too, like real. this movie too. Um, whole, you know, it's it's so mean spirited too at the beginning, where that kid gets fucking shot in the head. Yeah, you know, yeah, there's no, you don't no. do that in movies usually, <laughs> right? And dude, right when that bullet goes through his head, music comes on. That movie does yeah. not fucking stop. You know, it's fucking survival horror. It's it's on, you know. Um, but yeah, that hallway fight was my favorite. So this takes us to a very interesting defining moment. Uh, defining moment is could be behind the scenes. It could be something that you learn and you would apply to uh, something that you want to create later on. Or it could just be something that just stands out for you. It's the first thing you think of when the, the verses is over. It could be a lot of different things. What's your defining moment? Uh, you know, defining moment, there really wasn't too much emotional things going on in either one of these movies. So this was a tie for me. Uh, defining moment for me, or, or the or the end of both movies, uh, walking out of the complexes and being alive, and both uh, duos. Is it a tie then? They, yeah, it is yeah. a tie for me. They, they they 
in both movies, they walk in, they kick ass, and, and to live to walk back out. It's pretty oh, much the main cool. points of these movies. And they kind of had the same endings, too, because they accomplished, they, they went in. Similarities. Fuck, fuck, yeah, yeah. Similarities. Fuck, <laughs> listen to that, fuck shit up. <laughs> okay. Uh, Beat the bad guys. Uh-huh. Walked back out the same way they came in in both uh-huh. movies, and then both do. She went her way. Judge went his. Without, wow, that's cool. Yeah. And then and, uh, the two brothers, same thing. He went his way. Yeah. Rama that's went his. Yeah. So to me, that's, that's another funny similarity right I didn't even think of though <laughs> between these two movies. Yeah. I'm on that shit. That's good. <laughs> and to me, those were the funny moments. That's cool. Uh, you know, honestly, uh, your assessment sounds the same as mine. We went different things that we pulled from it but um i beat this over the head so i'm not gonna you know dig into it too much more but because the similarities exist so evidently it's about growth for me it was about growth for you it's about the ending the exit for me it's about these both being movies where they're trying to find the strength to pull through to the end and I ultimately chose which one from the movie stood out to me the most to give my award to. And for me, that was that moment when he says, are you ready, rookie? You look ready. That was them going through all that shit, pulling together for that last hoorah where they run into that last room. And for me, it, you know, that moment was, it puts a fucking smile on my face uh, when I when I watch that scene, when I listen to him say that. And I, I feel like I get what they've been through and the, the, the strength that they've been able to muster from that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think that's present in both movies. <clears throat> in Raid, it was that fight with Mad Dog. It's them looking at each other. Let's do this, yeah. Harnessing what they need and doing it together. <clears throat> both of them had that moment. And I, I ultimately picked Dread because I, I, I like the potency of that line. Yeah, my defining moment, or uh, I could put a plural on that moment, would be the um, Indonesian fighting style. Um, I started looking into it, and there's something to this movie where everything's strategic and smart. Like, you're going to take out this guy so you can get to the next one. You're going to kill him, get to the next one. And it's called Pinkak Salat, um, if I'm pronouncing that right. But it specializes in dis- uh, decisive blows and guerrilla tactics. And you can see that completely in the yeah. movie. Like, it seems like every single actor was so efficient in this fighting style. Um, every, everyone, it seemed like everyone was just a badass fighter. It seemed thing. like everyone was, ca- especially our hero Rama and Mad Dog, yeah. calculated and strategic. And both of them are from Indonesia, so they both know that art. Fucking Mad Dog trains it, you know, or teaches it. I'm sure that uh, um, I don't haven't fact checked this, but I'm sure um, Eco probably does the same thing. He's got he's got to know some shit. At least. Yeah, but you it's this I mean? fighting style of going in, taking care of business, and moving to the fucking next guy. And it's all like a dirty combo attacks um, that goes for vital areas like eyes, throat, and the groin, and they're all kill shots with this Indonesian fighting style and I walked away just being like fuck man and I guess the only person that's really brought that to cinema all right um into the mainstream light is Evans here and it's his last four movies have been with that Indonesian fighting style and I'm like fuck I want to see more of this I'd like to see this there's another um one I think it's called um it's an Israeli martial art called Grav McGraw or something like that but it's it's all like if someone gets in your face you destroy them as fast as you fucking can there's some great YouTube videos of it it doesn't matter if you're grabbing their dick and ripping out their throat um, it's dirty fucking it's dirty combos so you can live and survive and you see that especially in the machete fight you know where he's just he's kidding, like just blowing out people's knees yeah. fucking grabbing them by the throat yanking them through doors I mean anything to survive and it's this this martial art called um, Pinkax a lot so <laughs> that's not how it's really pronounced I hope so <laughs> it's called Pincock <laughs> a lot yeah, a lot <laughs> 
what do I do? Pincock. <laughs> a lot. And you win. <laughs> All right, so that takes us to best director. Oh, Gareth Evans. Mm. You know, I felt like there was so, well... So much more to direct. Yeah. You know what I mean? There was so much more going on at all times. And he just, he did it. You know, he kept up with it. The choreography, everything. He just, he was right there. I felt like he, you know, I, I don't know this, but I felt like he wanted everything to be perfect. Every shot, every actor. A lot of heart in it. Exactly, yeah, he did. You could tell, he loved, uh, Gareth Evans, he must have loved what he was doing. And it Enough showed. to go and make sure that he had actors that he could kick around and throw yeah. out windows. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> And like I said, I thought it showed from start to finish. So I, I definitely went with uh, Gareth Evans from Raid. Yeah, I, I same thing, Gareth Evans. Um, and I think that that's the the grittiness of it, the just maintaining that atmosphere and what well, you said, choreography, being there yeah. through the heartbeat of that, that. That's some intense shit. And to have the vision for it and to piece it all together. Exactly, that took some fucking work. In a very real environment. Yeah, yeah, and. On that budget, yeah. On that's that budget, you want to talk about the white white guy going to Indonesia in, in more depth? I mean, that's fucking crazy, though. I'm surprised. That is, that is odd. He that's goes. Good. It's funny. It's like I've been watching. I didn't I, know his motivations until you just. Told I haven't fact checked. I've awesome. heard that. I've heard that since 2012. Okay, so I haven't fact checked that. But I mean, it's funny because we were just doing Iron Fist. Uh, we did a whole bunch of Iron Fist, and the big complaint is that is a uh, it's a it rich sucks. It's, a, it's, a, it's a, white, a rich white kid going to Kun Lun and becoming the best. <laughs> See, I'm, I'm personally sick of hearing that shit. Yeah. You hear about Major not being Asian and there's this big fucking upset about it. Yet, James Bond is white, but we're all pulling for a black actor. So we're allowing for the ethnic jump for one, the racial jump for one, but not for these other ones because we feel that it's detracting by going from yeah. the, the you know this racial subset to... A white person. It, it's just, it seems really all over the place yeah. what people want. And it, it, I don't know. I want, I want it to be. Fucking tail if we, as far I, as I say if we can be progressive, be progressive. Um, I think it, it goes to the, the origin of that story. And with, with Ghost in the Shell, I can see some people bitching, depending on how they do the, the movie. I haven't, I don't know the structure of it with her different, you know, um, with, within that plot of becoming a ghost. So we'll see what they well, do there. The, the director, I posted, uh, supposed something in AV about this. The director of the Ghost in the Shell anime came out in defense of her, saying it's a science fiction movie. It's mm-hmm. plausible for her not to be an Asian character um, because she jumped bodies. Maybe she used to be. Maybe she didn't ever used to be. Yeah. You know, but it, it's completely plausible. And ultimately, he said, if you're the right person for the job to portray the character, then so fucking be it. Yeah, and I think that that really is the bottom line. Yeah, and I think like when you look at it, not, I have not seen Iron Fist, yeah, so this is not just when, when you watch for... a movie like Gods of Egypt. The the only people that should be happy is the fucking Egyptians because they had nothing to do with that movie. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so they lucked out. Okay, but Iron Fist, the, the biggest, which is why I didn't care about yeah, the, the biggest complaint with Iron Fist is, is the rich white kid going over to Kun Lun and being the best in their culture. Okay, I but. Again, the writer said that when he was making this fucking story in the 60s, 70s, whenever he was making this, it was just about a fucking adventure story, a fun adventure story. It had nothing to do with race. I don't give a shit about that either. Um, I, I think when it 
when they need to be, the story should transcend that. Yeah, bullshit. I think I think it would have been progressive. Wait, whatever. But I think it's funny that I, I look at um, Gareth uh, Gareth Evans here as the Iron Fist of directors. <laughs> he's, this, <laughs> he's, he's this white director that goes over to Indonesia and makes one of like the best fucking action movies, you know. And I'm like, that fucking works for me. But yeah, mine was Gareth um, Gareth Evans as well. Um, you know, he's he brought over this this fighting style. So he's kind of coined his own thing. You know, he's using this Indonesian fighting style, went over there, made a badass fucking movie on a million dollar budget. I think movies like this need to be praised more. One million fucking dollars. But that's not a lot of money when you're talking about, um, you know, action and stunts mm-hmm. and sets and, and paying for that. And that's probably why he went to Indonesia. And a bulk of, a bulk of their <laughs> uh, special effects budget probably went into A, feeding all these actors that are brought yeah. Fuck out of some calories over oh, there. Oh God, yeah. Those boys gotta be hungry. But also, they were using airsoft rifles. Yeah, yeah. And all of that shit, all of the the dust, debris, and the gunshot, uh, the muzzle flare, and all that stuff, it's all added digitally, and it looks fucking great. Wow, see, yeah. I, I never, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That go, going as practical as, as he can, making this unrelenting film. Um, just the, the the choreography, everything, the look of this movie, cinematography, everything. Gareth Evans, I thought, made a fucking amazing movie, yeah, especially for, it. for one million goddamn dollars. <laughs> That's fucking impressive. So that takes us to best picture. All in all, Raid Redemption was my my pick for that. It was just <laughs> the better movie all around. Uh, my huge, huge complaint about Dread is I felt so teased at the beginning. You know, so many people in this city and so forth, and you show me a goddamn apartment building. You know, I just felt like the, and, and there was so little said about her mutant powers, so little said about his past. I felt like I, it could have shown so, so much more. So you wish Dread would have taken place in an apartment complex. Exactly. Yeah. And, and the characters... Think there's a better place for him to start cinematically? Oh, fuck yeah. If you want to show me a Dread movie where it shows a little bit more about Dread himself... And shows me more about the city. I'll be first in line for that motherfucker. I think that'd be great. But what what they did, you know, they took characters and a lot of potential and just squeezed it into nothing. And I just I could not get into it. And Raid Raid just hit on every level. It was a really great movie. Uh, when I watch an action movie, we kind of a little bit said a little bit about this earlier. I want to see some fighting scenes. You know, what I mean, yeah, character development is good and and so forth. But when it comes down to it, I want to see some badass fighting. Like pure action. Film. Exactly. Show me, you know, like when I watch comedy. I don't want to see people dying. I want to see some funny shit. You know, I watch action. I don't want to see people getting all touchy with each other. I want to see some ass whooping. And Raid did that. And, <laughs> I mean, it did that on a, you know, bam, you know. It was just, so I, I definitely Raid Redemption for me. Okay. Dread. Okay. Why is that? I just enjoyed it more. Okay. Um, there, I watched, I watched Raid and... There were some really lengthy choreographed fight scenes that were really awesome, but once you've seen that, you've seen that. Dread had a lot more stuff to offer me. Had I, you, you felt constricted in the building. I yeah. felt like we were in a nerve of the city, and I think that that's an important element of it. <clears throat> I think that when you're looking at the walls, the things you see written down, the uh, the, the the structure of the building, the people that are present in it. 
you get to see the degradation of Mega City One, and I think that that's a great place to start. You could have shown me, me that personally. degradation all over the city. You know what you I mean? Could've, you could have, but they, then we wouldn't be having these verses. You could, we wouldn't be having these verses. True, true. <laughs> Likewise, raid could have taken we place would be going in up an inner city. <laughs> <laughs> raid could have taken place in an inner city somewhere, and the martial arts choreography would have been just as fucking awesome. But they went in there because it made it more personal. <clears throat> Raid went in there because it made it more personal, it made it more streamlined, because originally they were trying to do Barrendal, and it was too big for them, so they had to make it something smaller. When you make it smaller, you make it more personal. I think that Dread did that just as well as Raid did, and I think that Dread presented to me a more fun story with more character depth, and at the end of the day, these are the same fucking movie, but Dread was more character, more fun. And it's the one I want to go back and pop in and have a pizza and fucking chill out at night. Raid is one I would revisit less often, which to me makes Dread the more enjoyable film and an easy choice for me. Okay. Yeah, with with Dread, um, looking back up to to Ryan's, he said that it was uh, lumbering. I felt that um, for an action flick, you know... um, I think, like I said earlier, both it does it doesn't stand in comparison on an action level with Raid at all. Yeah, but we they both have, that. but they both have that that siege element, you know. And I think that's like a you can't get better than trapped badasses, okay, trying to fight their way out. It's a perfect setup yeah, for an action yeah. movie. And when I'm watching Raid, Raid is my favorite. Um, I just I feel like when you're going to watch a circus or a ballet or whatever fucking you're watching, you're there for that, you know. I'm watching this action movie, and I feel like I am getting 100% from these guys. I'm seeing shit mm-hmm. that I've never even seen before, you know, oh, yeah. on this epic scale. I'm watching Masters at Work. I'm watching this art form come come to life, and it's kicking and punching, and it's so beautiful. Um, I think Raid is the best action movie of the 21st century. That's what I said in our action marathon. Um, looking back at uh, whenever I do these marathons or verses, I try to compile a list from general consensus. That's where I got the crank, and that's where I get you know Kill Bill, John Wick, Fury Road. Um, the two big ones that come to a T is Fury Road and Raid. Okay, um, and then everybody else kind of jumps in with Kill Bills and stuff like that. I think Kill Bill's a fucking it's it's, pa- it's Pantheon. It's Pantheon, and. But some of that isn't all action. action element assessment. Yeah. When it's doing action, it's fucking solid. I love the House of Blue Leaves. I think it's it's perfection. It's one of my favorite action scenes of all time. Um, but also so is the Machete Hall fight. Um, I think it's beautiful. Um, it ranks up in my top five for, um, uh, if you look at the website, look at my top five um, action scenes, both those are on there. And uh, I think that, that it does everything so, so well. When it starts moving, it doesn't fucking stop. Uh, when a lot of people talk about best um, action movie of the 21st century in the last 17 years, it really comes down to uh, Fury Road gets celebrated a lot and Raid. Um, for, for this guy, man, it's, you know, I, I love the action beats in Fury Road. I think it's great. I think when Fury Road gets going, man, it doesn't stop. And I love having a combo like Fury Road and, and mm-hmm. the Raid because it's, even though they're both relentless, but two different landscapes. You know, I get fucking vehicles and carnage and, and, and desert wasteland. And I love looking at that shit. But here I get to see martial arts. They're both you know? in their own element. Yeah, they're both in a mm-hmm. fucking... And yeah. I think that, you know, when I look at their list, yeah, I like Kill Bill. I don't look at it as a complete action movie. I think he's 
Tarantino's doing a lot of amazing things with Kill Bill, not just doing action. I know you're not a fan, Wayne, but it, it made Pantheon. It made it through um, a council vote. Um, you know, and I look at Kill Bill, Crank, John Wick, Fury Road. Last 17 years, um, there hasn't been a lot of action movies that I'm fucking glued to. And I think for what this movie is, okay, the setup it is, it delivers so fucking badass. It's just badass. It's my favorite picture. So um, let's stop there. Let's take a break. We'll count our golden idols and we'll come back and we'll take a look at the poll results from Facebook and see who the golden idol winner was tonight. All right? We are back, and before we tell you the winner, let's take a look at the poll results. Oh, yes, please do. <laughs> okay, so both of you guys comment all you want. Um, official poll in 2012, two movies released that were very similar in regards to plot and location. Location: Which movie is better, The Raid Redemption or Dread? So I'm just going to hit on a couple of these. Uh, the top was... Uh, Let's see. Mark Markowitz said, "Easy." All right. So he, <laughs> I guess he expected one was going to win. Um, he didn't say what film. All well, right. Let's so, play it safe. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Way to go, Video Land. He, <laughs> he does, You're right. <laughs> he does. He, he one of them won, Mark. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so the next one was from Joel White. He says, "Disclaimer." Um, I have not seen The Raid. And then Ryan Smith, which, who doesn't say much, you know? Like, Ryan Smith's a, a diplomat. Like, he he's is, very diplomatic. He like, he's just like, hey, let's keep everything at a distance. It's not, I love movies, but it's not worth a fight, anything like that. And he's not trying to fight, but he goes, Ryan pops up and says, then how can you vote? That's a good point. <laughs> and then Joel says, um, I really liked Dread, although I've heard lots of good things about the raid. I usually don't vote if I haven't seen them all, but I felt strongly enough on this one to do it. I put like a, because I'm not allowed to say much, you know, because I, yeah. want, I want this to be the conversation here, you know. Uh, we'll be on the phone. I'm like, nope, I can't say anything. Don't. Yeah, I mean, with Josh as my witness, man, like, I don't do it. No, he won't I'm say like, shit. <laughs> I'm like, no, dude, I'm not, I'm not fucking saying nothing. Uh, I think it's best to have the conversation at the table. It is, and it's you know? fun. It's a fun surprise. It really it is, is. It is, um, especially when we did the Blazing Saddles, Young Frankenstein. Oh man, you know? that was. A... <laughs> you, you never know, like you know, Wayne and I have been you know, fucking you know eating oh. each other's lives for since we were fucking you know yeah. born. It'd yeah. be easy for Wayne to say something or me to say like, "Hey, have you ever thought about it this way?" But if I would have done that or vice versa, it influences. It, it does. It influences. Yeah. I like that original thought. Um, so. And then Josh said, um, I'll let you borrow it so you can justify being on the right team. Um, that's all that was said there. Any comments on, on that section? Uh, yeah, if if you haven't seen the movies, don't don't vote. You know, some of us take this seriously. I don't care how strongly you feel about it. Don't do it. Right. You know, I mean, you can make your comments like, oh, hey, I loved Dread a lot or, or you know, whatever. But don't be a douche. Don't you know, vote. <laughs> you know what the poll was? The poll was 15 Dread. 14 raid if he wouldn't have voted it would have been a tie, see, been a tie. see what I, I just i don't understand why you would do that I, I just does not make sense to me like i said some of us take this seriously you can do whatever you want you know if people haven't watched the movies you guess you can just click whatever fucking button well, you want but and the, the, the i think there's a lot of people probably have to a strong them. incentive for people on i mean this is what we do we watch movies so yeah and I don't think Let's Joel. Time to watch I don't think Joel's the exactly. only one. Um, oh yeah, I don't, probably I don't, not. Yeah, I don't think Joel's the other one, especially this when is it an comes important to conversation for us with Pantheon. Yeah, exactly. It is because that's is. a public exactly. Facebook poll now. I think Pantheon that help happens a lot, whether it's Velvet Goldmine or the Professional. I know for a fact there's people that 
um, when Rear Window was nominated, I have a friend that's like, you know, I voted no against Rear Window because I watched the trailer and it just was shitty. (laughs) I ended up voting no for Rear Window, but but not for that. Exactly, I did. And I thought that that guy was wrong for voting no from just watching. You know, if if you'd watched the movie and said, hey, for blah, 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 reasons I say no, then okay, whatever. You know, at least he gave it a chance, he gave it a shot, and then came up with the conclusion, not watch, you know, a minute and a half ago, oh, well, fuck this. Yeah. You know, it, it, that's I like wrong. I like spurring a conversation, so, you know, nothing against you, Joel, just if you can, watch a movie before you vote. I think a lot of people do it, so... Yeah, um, definitely not alone, I'm sure. Yeah, exactly, so no picking on just Joel here, but uh, thanks for voting in the poll. Um, just watch the fucking movie. <laughs> <laughs> Way to go, video lander! <laughs> Anything you want to say, Josh? Uh, just that... Um... It's easy to cast a vote based upon what you remember. The import, even if you've seen a movie before, your vote is better served by refreshing yourself mm-hmm. because your tastes could have changed over the last five, ten, fifteen years, and you may see things that you didn't see before, and the nostalgia and the joy that this movie gives gave you then, and maybe still does also opens itself up to new types of criticism in the, the personal growth that you go through. So exactly. It, especially with the Pantheon vote, it's important to review it. Go back and watch the movie because, that, like I said, that's what we do. We watch movies and we try and cultivate a little bit of education out of that as well as entertainment. So the Pantheon vote is especially important. And then uh, Nathan... Um, Nathan Ryan, he's on the Pantheon and the mar- one of the Marathon Men. It was kind of funny because he doesn't get to do any of the polls, yeah. you know, because he's on Marathon or uh, <laughs> you know, more um, of the Pantheon. So it's funny. He goes, "I finally get to vote in a poll," and so he voted. And he says, uh, "There are people out there right now who think Raid is better than Dread. Consider yourself judged." And he put a, a picture of uh, uh, looks like Stallone. Hmm. Anyway. <laughs> and so Ryan Smith gets back on. He goes, "This is one of the. This one is no contest, and Raid wins hands down. Uh, neither of these films um, are a masterpiece of storytelling, but Raid executes on another level. It is pure adrenaline put in, on screen with some of the best hand-to-hand choreography in a film. Um, and then I quoted him earlier: every punch, kick, and slice has impact, and the camera somehow keeps up without being disorienting. It's graceful brutality that set a new standard for action scenes, wrapped up in a decent story and smart cinematography. Dread feels lumbering in comparison, despite its slightly more varied action set pieces. If you haven't seen it yet, watch Raid and thank me later. I have to say, though, <clears throat> where Raid executes in the delivery of the choreography, it also gets diluted in its delivery of character, which I think Dread has. These these movies are so similar yet they still have dissimilarities that that the other one doesn't have there, there's a validity but you can sit here and call raid the best martial arts action movie you've ever seen and you're absolutely right but that doesn't necessarily make it the best in the other avenues that dread succeeded in. yeah and, see, and when it comes to character for dread for me i thought it was like that popcorn entertainment at midnight when you got a pizza and a beer that's that's the best You didn't think there was any social commentary of note in the movie, and I think that that's yeah. I thought uh, it was there. I thought it was noted. I, I think but that it's not strong. to I think it's potent. not to separate itself from all the other dystopian movies that are doing it. Yeah. I wish it would have had its own. You know, <clears throat> I would love to see Paul Dreads all about do a the fucking law. dread movie. Oh yeah, that'd be great. all about yeah. the law, uh, and I, I thought that it was really prevalent mm-hmm. because he's so rigid. Um, I, I thought that it delivered a lot of interesting ideals to consider, philosophies, if you will, surrounding what it is to be just completely black and white. 
Okay. How you can't do that. And uh, if we skip over your name, just for time, we're just trying to hit some of the, the meaty ones yeah. here. So, um, But uh, keep on commenting, and I'm sure we'll bring it up next time. Um, I, I said this one earlier, but uh, uh, Seth Fisher said, sure, Carl Urban is cool, but he can't hold a candle to this, put the machete fight scene up. And then Ryan Smith underneath that said, that door kill, though. So it sounds like Ryan Smith was a fan of the door yeah. kill oh, as yeah. well. So, um, And then, let's see, Micah Rayburn. Um, I'm not familiar with... With this video lander, but it says Dread had better aesthetic while Raid had better fight scenes. The two need to make a baby, there preferably a Dread movie with fewer scenes of nothing happening in combat with the sharpness of Raid. So that's Micah Rayburn. Uh, Nathan says, Nathan says, those fight scenes in Raid are awesome. But you've you um, but if you've watched the links that are not on, that are on this thread, you've officially already seen the only bits of Raid that are worth a shit. Um, so I want to talk about the links that he's talking about, and he only there was only one link at the time. So he's saying the machete gang fight, um, only link at the time was worth a shit. Okay, so then Ryan gets on. Okay, after he's seeing that, because there was no, there was no criticism of Dread, just that that one link is the only action in Dread. So Ryan Smith gets on. He shows the Dread motorcycle chase. He said shows the mini gun scene in Dread. And he shows um, a, a group of Judge Dredd's best scenes. So he put up three clips from Judge Dredd. All right. After that, he put up the Ray Redemption apartment shootout. And he put up um, a few other scenes. And he goes, um, there you go, everyone. The links that I put up, those are the best scenes in Dredd. Um, here is more. False. Which ones? Did those well, he's showing the, the, only, no, he's showing the, the action scenes. Okay. Well, if we're talking about action, then... That yeah, those are your beats for action. In the eye of the beholder. Yeah, well, I mean, what are some other best action scenes? But the the dread judge judge dread best scenes is a mix of scenes. Well, you guys didn't like the stairwell thing. I fucking loved the, uh, uh, yeah. the precision. But that's what he put. It. Yeah, he put a link to that best oh. scene minigun scene. Okay, so then he goes, "There you go, everyone. The best scenes in dread. Um, here is one more from Raid. It's not the best one, but still has more impact, action, and even suspense than all of Dreads, in my opinion. <laughs> there are like five amazing action sequence sequences that don't stop and raid that not, don't stop yeah, and become actually long-winded not just one or two these films aren't even close um and then he put the apartment shootout and then we have uh mark markowitz says i can't mark markowitz says i can't believe this is split like this unfriend me um and he came up to, <laughs> he, he came he, he, he's a so he came out he was Whose a corner is he in um raid raid yeah oh, yeah and then uh, we have Joel White um, was talking about, from what I've seen of the clips in Raid, these are just different types of movies. They may share a somewhat similar plot and location, but that's it. <laughs> he's right. He, but he's, he's right. What? No. Are, he, no. He, just not similar in location. Mama and, and I even explained the fucking enemy. The duo no, splits up. Yeah. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about... <laughs> oh, they're so similar. When you ask the question, though, about whether or not this is a Pantheon movie, uh -huh. which I know is coming... Um, the answer to that is much more difficult because they are different enough. The, Raid's claim to fame is its martial arts. You take that shit out of there, are, you, are either of you going to care about this fucking movie? No, because that's, that's not it's the movie I'm carries. watching. I mean, well, if, they, but if you take it down, it. it's a drama. But that's what an that, action movie that's, is. That's, that's what but an action you movie can't is. look at Raid and look for only action pieces that are going to compare to Raid because it's not going to happen. They we we did this as a versus because they have so many similarities. But watch the but genre that does not of make them the same. Watch type the genre of, movie. of dread. It is the same movie. You look at dread on on Rotten Tomatoes. You look at it IMDb, and it's going to be sci-fi action. It's an action movie. 
Well, you, when you guys did your action marathon, uh, there was a lot of criticism about calling The Matrix an action flick because yeah. it seems like there were fewer action f- scenes in it than should be. Does that disqualify it as an action film, even though it is less action-driven no, and yeah, has no. a lot of qualities elsewhere? Yeah. That's that's the discussion that I'm Most action right movies now. don't even have the movement of Raid. Raid, like, Raid does not balls stop. to the wall action. all action. Yeah. Dread is not, but that does not discredit it as a quality film. Yeah, yeah. So he said, what I've seen from the clips that they're they're completely different. Um, how they get from A to B is very different. Depends on what you want out of the movie as to which you prefer. Which also, exactly one is technically a comic book uh, movie even. They're both action but are going for different types of action. He's not a crazy kung fu master kicking and punching his way through fights. I just prefer it that way. Um, he's and then I said, he's stoic. Yeah, and, then exactly. so, and then when I said, I said, when we break this down tonight, even the villains' names sound the same. Both are action movies, and which one's the best action movie for your money? Well, I guess it just helps if you watch both the fucking movies, too. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just me. <laughs> and then um, he goes, I mean, it looks like it's basically one of the single-shot Daredevil scenes. We get each season turned into a movie. He only never gets winded while fighting, um, which is not the case. I'm sure it's a cool movie, but eh. Um, and I said, yeah, Dread looks like a TV show. <laughs> Uh, maybe it was maybe if it was 1990 I'd take that as a negative but TV shows are so good right now I don't see that as a bad thing and neither do I but when you have a three million dollar budget uh, Iron Fist TV show and a 50 million dollar uh, two hour movie you know um, I think that's that's a valid complaint um, and that's that's pretty much the conversation there um, on Facebook so any comments I think I've already made mine yeah mine too <laughs> yeah so it was uh, 13 to 12 um, for the for who I'm sorry 15 for 14 who? dread oh I, yeah. I, I Yep. Say it again. Fifteen, fourteen, dread. Oh, dread. Dread. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's another close one though. Blade or uh, Blazing Saddles and Young Frankenstein. Who ended up winning that one? Was it Young uh, Frankenstein or Blazing Saddle? I know it was either tied or one, only one up I or something like that. It was Blazing very close. Saddles won the the Facebook poll. My uh, my my votes or my uh, Golden Idols here lined up perfectly, perfectly with the way that that uh, that poll went. With dread edging out by one my Golden one? Idol for my personal selection. So. I think that's valid. I think that they're both excellent movies. If that hasn't come across in this, then... Yeah, I, I enjoyed you know, both Because we sit here and we tear down and tear apart, which seems destructive, but, I mean, it's it's to pursue a better understanding, it, right? It's both. It's, and at the end of the day, I think both of these are fantastic movies. They have their merits, their flaws. Um, obviously, I've sold myself in, in, uh, in dread here, but... They're really even by one point. I, I gave eight to Raid and nine to Dread. So okay. Um, so after counting the Golden Idols, um, Raid is the Golden Idol winner. Um, so only one law enforcement siege movie matters right now. Okay. So Raid, that's the winner. Um, it is the versus winner. So does it deserve Pantheon? Uh, for any listeners, the Pantheon is the home for our favorite movies of all time um, or movies that we think are unique enough to celebrate. Uh, we need a unanimous vote tonight um, at the table, and if so, then it gets kicked up to the council for them to um, put their opinion on it and see if they think it is one of the best action movies um, of all time. So, is Raid Pantheon worthy? Who wants to start? I. This is t- it, it's a tough no, but it's still a no. Okay. Uh, raid for me. If, if not even a kick up to the council. Uh, I'm gonna, to... I, I kick up to the council. Yes, but I, I'm all for that. So, but you personally, like, if you had to vote in the council, you'd it, probably do a no. Why would you say yes to kick it up to the council? Because if it did make it, I'm not going to be disappointed. There are a lot of good, you know, qualities in the raid redemption, but it also does have its flaws. 
enough to where I I, I give it that 4.0. So close. What do you think the council would say? Uh, God, I, it's hard to tell. You know what I mean? You've got so much diversity in the council. It really, no matter what movie gets put up, I honestly have no clue how that's going to turn out. But I, I would, like I said, I would guess that they would say yes. No. And if it does, really? it is not going to hurt my feelings whatsoever. It is a great movie. And, you know, it's a pantheon. It's not my pantheon. Yeah, it's all. It's, it's, it's yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's everybody's pantheon. Uh, so, and it is a good movie. This is not a bad movie in any way, shape, or form. It's not shitty. And it's so close. Would Just you say me. it's the best action movie that you've seen in the last 17 years? No. Really? Okay. Yeah, I, I like Fury Road just a little bit more. Okay. I really do. I mean, not by much, but Fury Road would get it. I knew I fucking liked you. <laughs> <laughs> so it is a close call. It really is. But Fury Road would, would go above it before the Raid Redemption. Okay. Josh? Uh, I have to say no. Okay. And that's because... Not even a kick-up? Uh, no, because I feel strongly enough that we rate Pantheon films as five, right? Five is Pantheon. If you can get there, that's impressive. Or it has to be in some way unique. And I think that this movie is a great martial arts flick. But it has a couple of pitfalls for me that keep it at a 4.5. And I can confirm for varied reasons that I've mentioned during this that it would put it at a 4.5. And I would I I just can't uh, I can't step outside of that. I may be able to in the future, but I mean if in my opinion, what I watched, what I saw, another Pantheon council member is going to have to put this up for me to put myself in a position to feel like I need to review it. I okay. feel comfortable enough with a 4.5 rating to say no, it's okay, not Pantheon for me. Okay, so that right there does it. That blocks it uh, for the night. Um, I will give my two cents on it. Um, I don't think it's any secret. Um, I've kind of went over it a couple times within uh, tonight's episode. But um, I think Dread is a fun late night movie where I think Raid is the best action movie of the last 17 years. I don't think anything even comes... The only thing that would come close to it is Fury Road. And at the end of the day, I have more fun with the entire movie of Raid than I do with the entire movie of Fury Road. I get caught up on some other bullshit that just for a full experience, um, I'll take Raid every time. It was funny when I was talking to Ryan Smith today, he said he popped in a couple scenes to show his girlfriend, (laughs) and he couldn't stop watching. That's how I am with Raid. Man, I get so in tune with the martial art language that is on screen. Um, and the reason that I think this is one of the best movies of the 21st, or yeah, best action movie of the 21st century, when I want to see an action movie, it's fun to have movies like Die Hard that's complex, you got some cool villains, you know, and there's there's a lot more going on. But sometimes, man, like you said it earlier, when you yeah. want a comedy, you just want to laugh your dick off and that's it. Yeah. You know, I feel like when I'm putting Raid in, I am getting exactly what I fucking paid for. You know, I think that it, the action is there in spades. And when it starts, man, it does not stop until it's fucking over. And uh, I think the choreography is, you know, fucking perfect. You know, uh, the look of the film, cinematography, um, this guy making a $1 million, you know, independent fucking kung yeah. fu flick that is goddamn awesome. I respect know? what I agree with you completely um, on the on your assessment of Dread. It, um, it, it, it's a fun movie. It's a great, hey, let's have a cold flick. Yeah, yeah let's have flip, a few yeah. beers, a few pizzas, and enjoy this. I think this movie's important. I think for a $1 million it, movie. It does. Like, so I respect what he did. And The Raid Redemption is a great movie. Uh-huh. Just not great enough. You know what I mean? And what you said about Fury Road, I flip flop that around for Raid Redemption. You know, I, I uh, rewatchability accounts to a lot. When I think of something as Pantheon, rewatchability <laughs> is in that. And The Raid See, Redemption I refuse me, I, to I, let rewatchability. 
get in the way of a quality film. And I'll reference Sunset Boulevard for that reason. That's not a movie that I find myself wanting to put in, but I sit back and I think on Sunset Boulevard, and damn, that was some quality film. Yeah. <clears throat> but it's not one I would throw in um, yeah. all the time. And th- there's there's another movie that, that, you know, I don't watch it as frequently as I watch some other things, uh, and that's 2001 Space Odyssey. But holy fucking shit, that's a good fucking movie. I rewatch that every now and then just to see, like, after so many years, I think, maybe this time I'll figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I enjoyed it. It's a good movie. But, but I think it's important that you don't figure it out. Yeah, right? that's Stanley, true Stanley too. Kubrick's directorial style across every single movie that he's ever done is about not telling you what it's about. I want you both to remember this part right here when we get to Akira. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> I, said in my, I said in my review, my anime review, I think Akira... It's, it's, it's a fun cyberpunk adventure, but mm-hmm. it's also very complex where, you know, at the end, he's a, it's a fucking, like, big bang. He fucking turns into uh, his own fucking little universe, you know, yeah. looking for a cura. And I think there's some stuff in there that goes really tips into 2001 where it's so complex that you could probably go different ways with it. Uh, but I like, and I said that, I don't, I don't have a full understanding of a cura, but I like it that way. You know, um, I think it's fun not to figure out. You know, the how much am I not figuring out adds into it for me? You know what I mean? Uh, if I'm fucking clueless, yeah, yeah, yeah. with no, no, no leads even as to a theory as to what's going on, I'm, I'm not having fun at all. Uh, Two thousand one, yeah, I don't know how the fuck that. You know what I mean? Some of this goes, but I have, there's enough there to give me theories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I gotta have that. At least yeah, me, I think Akira will know. do that as well. Um, so I, but, it's been twenty years since I've seen that. Yeah, uh, when a movie, when a genre comes along and kicks your ass as hard as Raid, um, especially in the last 17 years, I haven't seen a fucking, 17 years, I haven't been able to watch a movie that, that did not stop like this with martial arts. What movie 17 years ago? I don't know, I'm saying, well, at least within the 21st century, you know, oh, okay. um, since, gotcha. yeah, from 2000 on, there's not been a movie that moves like this nonstop. You know, so yeah. potentially longer is what you're saying. Yeah, probably longer. Um, man, without us doing a... Uh, yeah, I, mean, I couldn't even tell you. I think uh, you dip into the '90s and the '80s. I, I have those thought. are the only two decades that yeah. are going to produce a contender yeah, yeah, yeah. for this. I, and I you may actually be talking about the best of all time. Yeah, no, I think it is. Assessment. I think it is. I think Die Hard does edge it out because there's a lot of you know. I think uh, Bruce uh, Bruce Willis, John McClane, you know, created the fucking action hero. Like I think you can't get no better than that kind of action hero. You know, fish out of water. You know, fucking Christmas Day. You know, doing his thing. You know, yippee ki yay, motherfucker is the gold standard for one liners. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but one liners are not action sequences. No, no, I'm talking yeah. in tandem. Exactly, that never stops. So and I'm talking about a full experience with Die Hard. That's why I would vote yes for Die Hard. Die Hard and this. Subsequently, so, both take place in skyscrapers. Yeah. As well. So yeah, exactly. Which I, think is a, which I think is a pantheon setting for an action movie. Like it, it, it certainly is. seems to be. Yeah, it is. So, but um, on a different level, like this is no balls, like no balls. All, <laughs> but, but, all balls. But actually. let's be honest. Let's be honest. And I want to, I want to, yeah, yeah. I want to dig this out of you right uh-huh. now. You're saying that the <laughs> raid has action sequences like you have not seen in the yep. last 17 years. So you're telling yeah, me. Yeah. That Die Hard, which is a Pantheon-level oh. film for varied reasons, but I don't necessarily think for its action pieces, yeah. does Raid beat yes. Die Hard in its action pieces? Yes, and the action marathon, um, it got my defining moment, Die Hard did. I think um, taking things away from your character is a Pantheon defining moment. They do that in Die Hard. They take away his shoes. That makes for fun Thoughtful action, you know, uh, but when well, it comes, raid, they take away his fucking breath. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, but um, when you look back the action marathon, um, the two awards that raid did take 
was my favorite action scene and my favorite kill. You know, um, Die Hard's action is pretty basic: strangling a pretty guy, basic. putting ho ho. I now have a machine gun on his on a sweater, um, basic, shooting out tough a window. Guy yeah, t- yeah, shooting through a, a table. It's all very basic, but it's the whole adventure of this this action. Mm. Uh, archetype. You so know? then there are other elements that are being drawn exactly. into this that make a greater piece. Yeah, yeah. Which is where a lot of my <clears throat> pitfalls in Raid are because it is so driven by martial uh-huh. arts that it lapses on a couple of the other things that I hope yeah, to yeah. pull from a movie. But that's saying like that a... Raid pick, or that Dread picked up on, even though it was lacking in the action elements that you're talking about, which is the just nonstop go, go, go. Yeah. But I can also, I can also marry similar to some of the comments that were in the thread. I can also marry that to, do you like big Lebowski that has laughs, you know, every once in a while and funny characters, or do you want a movie like Step Brothers or Dumb and Dumber? (laughs) Do you want a movie like Step Brothers and Dumb and Dumber, which is no, you know, big Lebowski It's different styles of comedy. One is, you know, throw as many jokes at at you as we can. The other one is more thoughtful. So which kind of comedy are you going for? I think there's room in Pantheon for two action movies. I think there's room for the Die Hard. That's just a smart, fun action movie all the yeah. way through. And one that delivers high-octane, dick-in-your-fucking-face, <laughs> <laughs> high-flying punches, kicks, fucking action flip. You know, so yes, I think it's Pantheon. You say no. I do. No kick-up. Right? I say right. I say kick up, kick and up. you say kick up. I so, do. Josh blocks us tonight. No raid um, going up to council. So that ends our episode. Um, if anything, if and you unfortunately, can... I can't nominate Dread for Pantheon now. Yes, damn. <laughs> so there's I'd a... have voted no there too, Josh. <laughs> so, so there's a win there for us. There's always next year. <laughs> so I did win tonight. <laughs> oh, you always fucking do. <laughs> so, but uh, agree with us, disagree with us. Tell us what you think. Um, tell us what you think some more. Just as see. long as you watch the fucking yeah, movies, fuck. tell us what you think. <laughs> what That's all I fucking ask. <laughs> oh, man. These people that didn't watch the movie now are going to be so pissed that they'll watch it anyway and say, fuck that movie. <laughs> you know? Hey, you know what? That's fine. Fuck you. Watch the movie. <laughs> that, that's what Adventures of Video Land is about. Watching the movie. Not watching trailers. Not watching links. Not just pulling shit out of your ass and taking a fucking guess. It's watching the fucking movie. <laughs> then you talk about it. <laughs> so, in theory, the poll was tied tonight, right? Uh, you know, he <laughs> that shit. <laughs> He could not have been the only one. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'd be surprised a fucking half. Yeah. If you, you know? voted right now, we'd take it up one, but Wayne and I would vote and we'd go up two. Yeah. <laughs> we'd still be the same fucking vote. <laughs> <laughs> we got Sarah to vote. <laughs> Wait, did you watch click, both click, movies? Click. I watched all of Dread. Okay. And I had to leave to pick up my daughter halfway through Raid, so I didn't get to finish it. Okay, what were you feeling from Raid? Were you having fun with it? I don't care for martial arts, so it's really not. She my can vote thing. too. <laughs> <laughs> don't you touch that shit. <laughs> <laughs> so it's really not my thing. All right, so until next time, my good people, Wayne, cousin Wayne, where can they find you? Uh, Facebook and Instagram. AV. And what's your name on there? Is it Cousin Wang? No, no, it's... <laughs> you should be. I ought to change that shit. Cousin Wayne. <laughs> uh, where can they find you, you said? Facebook. Anyway. All right, you can find us on adventuresinvideoland.com. Uh, you can find us on the Facebook. That's where the conversation begins and ends. So check us out there. We're on Tumblr. We're on Twitter, um, at Videolanders. 
Um, that's probably our weakest social link. I just don't go Twitter what is it? too much. It's at Video Landers, oh, okay. and that's Twitter. Oh, fuck Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, but check, out, <laughs> check out the website, man. I try to compile. Yeah, the website's great. Yeah, really the, everything that we do here, and I, I post on the website. So check that out. Um, a lot of uh, things coming soon on that. Um, yeah. Until next time, my good people. I am the law. And watch the fucking movie. <laughs> I don't think it's asking for too much. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs>